forever. Dog. Warning. If the following podcast stops working, switch it to Beamer and just flash some lights at it. Then buckle up for fawning over Joe Rody, multiple instances of Travel Channel voice. And just when you think it's over, the episode plummets backwards into a tangent about a shady deep cable show. This is Expedition Everest on Podcast The Ride. Welcome to Podcast the Ride, the show hosted by three men who fear and respect the power of the Yeti. I'm Jason Sheridan, joined by Mike Carlson. Yep, I respect him. And Scott Gardner. Very much right. You won't hear any disrespect uh, in this episode. Um, I, why do I assume the Yeti is a male? Do we know what the gender of the Yeti is? Um, you know, I, I've read a lot about it. Getting right. ready for this. I, I don't think I really saw that discussed. Yeah, it's not ex- not specifically said. Nor the abominable snowman. Right. In the Matterhorn. Right. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I assume, but I guess that must be maybe just a sexist thing. Because it could be like a killer female Yeti. Or a, yeah. Well, if, I don't know, based on the size of that animatronic, if it were male, that, that big old thing would be dangling down and smacking riders in the face. Oh, good point. So, uh, yeah, maybe it is female. Yeah, you're talking about a dick. You're yeah. talking about a big Yeti dick. Well, <laughs> unfortunately, the hog stopped working about 10 years ago as well. So They designed it. Yeah, that was going <laughs> to do was so there. much. That uh, was C mode. That was C mode. <laughs> was, uh, the dick comes D out. Mode. But, yeah, I was going to say oh, D, D mode. mode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just adjusting the levels, and I was like, I got that demo joke geared up, and then Scott did it. Mm. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All set. Uh, sorry, we're talking um, sorry ex- grandmothers and mothers, if sorry, you're listening. We don't get blue a lot, but... But we're not consi- we're still not considering this disrespect. We won't go into D mode in terms of disrespect of the of Almighty no, Yeti. No, we we also fear and respect the Almighty Yeti's hog. Uh, so <laughs> uh, the damage it could do. We're talking Expedition Everest today. Yes, yeah. the e-ticket roller coaster attraction at Animal Kingdom, and I believe I said this in our text messages. Um, our first Animal Kingdom attraction. Yeah, yeah, that is weird. Is what made me go immediately. Yes, we need to do it. I felt a lot of guilt. What have we been doing? How have we not represented this park in so many weeks and weeks and weeks of shows? Well, yeah. I think that's fitting because I feel like Animal Kingdom kind of uh, often much maligned. So like the the I don't want to say unfairly red unfairly maligned. maligned. Yeah. I agree. Like I don't want to say the redheaded stepchild, but like. I think it got a lot of flack when it first opened of, like, not enough rides here. There's not enough rides. Like, Well, I don't think that's unjustified, and you're allowed to make that. I did feel that when I went with my family whenever it was open. I guess we went in 99. I just yeah. I remember feeling like not enough to do, too much McDonald's, and, <laughs> uh, and not enough shade. Well, yeah. Th- yeah, so the McDonald's partnership is very bizarre, and we could probably do... A whole episode about that or about Disney's various odd uh, corporate partnerships. But the shade 
that I think has been rectified by uh, the passage of time, by t- trees growing. Yeah, and that's like, a complaint you would have made about Disneyland in 1955. Cal- and California Adventure got that a lot. They're mm-hmm. like, why are these redwood trees so tiny? And it's like, well, because you don't just get a giant redwood tree. You got to let it grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, um, I was just going to say for like a kid, because I think I had a similar feeling. I was very excited about it. I didn't dislike it or anything, but when I went as a kid, it was very much like, well, where are the rides? And I didn't quite get it. But I think if I had first appreciated it as like, you know, a 34-year-old man who likes to sit around these places as as much as go on a ride, I think I would have appreciated it for its theming and everything. Yeah. But I, I get it why if you're going there because you're like, I want to go on some rides. And then you like, there's like a safari and there's seeing animals and... What dinosaur is dinosaurs? Ex- expedition. Or but no, I mean, like when opening day, extinction. especially... It's like that's isn't Countdown to Extinction the like biggest thrill ride, the most exciting yeah. ride they have there is mm-hmm. that one. I Which, think that is that was the thrill ride, and Expedition Everest was like the the big thrill ride expansion right. yeah, sort yeah. of thing. So, but yeah, I think one of the most thoughtfully designed parks out there. I just think like you run into people have expectations now when they go to these places. You know, sure. yeah. Well, and I think it was. Uh, you know, I, I, I find in general the late 90s to be an unpleasant time in, in the Disney parks with things like the too much McDonald's, weird little mm-hmm. cheapo, uh, uh, you know, like I feel like they were cheap. They were cheapening out in some areas. It was not the, the gold. The golden era of the early 90s was starting to decay a little bit. And I, I can't help but wonder what if Animal Kingdom would have come out of the gate stronger uh, with more early 90s spending. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, there's the whole and Beastly this is, kingdom, yeah. We right? we yeah. this that's too much to talk. We'll do that another episode. But in case you didn't know, there was going to be a whole thing, a whole different fantasy area of mm. fantasy animals, and that had a, I think a crazy roller coaster that went through a castle and dragons. And there's a whole thing which this blows my mind. There was going to be a maze where you were going to find, I think, a unicorn. I believe. Yeah, I think mm. so. And you were going to meet a bunch of mythical creatures in the maze so you'd come over and i don't know what what else is a mythical uh, uh centaur or something or whatever the minotaur uh, i believe minotaur, traditionally you... guards the mazes and then you would you would meet all these different characters and then when you got to the unicorn the unicorn would talk to you uh using vibrations in the floor the idea was that it would be mentally like telepathically communicating with you this is how i understand it at least and they were going to do it by turning like the voice down so low that you would feel what the per- the thing was saying and not hearing it so you would feel like a vibration of like thank you for finding me so it would tr- they were the-, the idea was to make it feel like it was in your head it feels like it might have been unpleasant <laughs> but yeah. yeah this creeps me out this is like sex with dolphins but this well, is sure. some weird vibrations and moods everyone and- would have gotten very horny <laughs> from the vibration <laughs> yeah i think low frequency sounds can sometimes drive people insane too like if i understand um, it yeah i mean they they're imagineers i'm sure they had a cool way to do it and it would have blown us away but there was a whole bunch. Of, there was going to be an area. I think they probably also felt like, well, that'll be the part that has all the ride. That'll be the exciting stuff in the right. rides. Mm-hmm. This is the nature stuff that's real, and you can see real animals. And now here's our Disney fun, fantastical area. With you're and, totally right. That's the missing component. I and think that was cut from the budget. 
So, but the yeah. logic of the park is not dissimilar from Epcot, it, it, except in this case, it's like uh, the story we're trying to tell is the animal kingdom conservation in the way that Epcot is. Uh, uh, we're talking about the future and innovation, and also like worldwide cultures and stuff. And when Epcot first opened, it did have more attractions than Animal Kingdom. I'm assuming, mm, right? That I probably makes so. sense. Yeah, yeah. But added added a lot more over the years, where it does feel more filled out now. And certainly, Animal mm. Kingdom feels more filled out with Pandora in there. Yeah. Well, they've only add, they've added you know th- three big things, but they're big. They're yeah. Big old deals. And I haven't been in a very very long time. And I'm like, it's probably the now at this point the one I'm the most anxious to go to, having yeah. not done Avatar and having not done Expedition Everest. I've not been on this mm-hmm. ride, uh, and I I'm dying to do it now. I like having thought of. I I was I knew it was cool. I'm aware it was cool, right? But just really thinking about it, watching a special about it, watching ride throughs, and me being uh, several percentage points braver now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, 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 and this, there ain't no launch on this one, and I'm okay. I'm more it's increasingly a, okay with launches. And it's a slower lift hill. Mm-hmm. And you're good with that. Yes. It, it is not, the coaster itself is not overwhelming, but mm-hmm. like the magic tricks associated, it looks intimidating by design. Yeah, and and, and looks very, uh, looks very high. It looks, I mean, when it is, it gets it yep. gets up there. Um, Highest uh, attraction, tallest attraction in Walt Disney World. Yeah, six yeah. inches taller than Tower of Terror, and half and half a foot shorter than the requirement to have a blinking red light on it to alert low flying planes. Right. Wow. It's, it's two hundred feet uh, is when you have to put that on. This is apparently a hundred ninety nine and a half feet. And they mm. still, I like that they they got it down to inches yeah to just to inch out tower so of terror. take that tower of terror uh yeah one of the my favorite things while uh, being on it i've probably because i hadn't been on it until we went for the first time like five years ago i've probably now been on it six times i feel like six or seven times the best is that lift hill not the best but one of the cool parts of it is that lift hill and you just see flat florida swamp everywhere and then you see tower of terror poking up over here you Mm. see the magic kingdom poking up over here i've tried to see i think i did see universal at a certain point because that then really like the fourth time i was like okay where's universal at so i'm like looking and that's a far drive maybe i just saw where it would be i can't remember that's about 12 13 miles north i think you're looking from animal kingdom i want to say i kind of saw it but maybe that's just my memory but that's a i found that to be a very fun game of like trying to find all the different uh peaks in the whole theme park uh, area it seemed that moment seems so incredibly dramatic and cool and i can't wait to i'm like this this is like such a priority for me now i really want to go on this thing that too there's no catwalks on either side of that lift hill that's yes, to me what yeah. looks very crazy. It's is. just the track. Hmm. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I've ridden this thing in the rain a couple times. Whoa. Oh, my Lindsay God. and I did it in the like pummeling rain. And it, God, it was fun. <laughs> it was so mm. great getting hit in the face with rain on this thing. I think I went on it because then the line got way short. So then I think I went on it again mm. in the rain. I think I did that. I remember going in 2012 on the very last day of a trip got up like very early to make sure my bags were packed and took the bus from Wilderness Lodge to Animal Kingdom to ride uh, a dinosaur and like this 
maybe just do a loop a lap around the park before I had to get back and eat lunch and then get to the airport but i remember getting off this and just being like stunned like that was uh-huh. great and then walking out of the park going that and this has happened the last time i went to going like this is the park i wish i spent more time in yeah th- mm. i just realized now this is going to be one of the episodes where I don't think I have much criticism. <laughs> this no, is one of those, like, I, I, yeah, I was thinking that. There's not a lot of, uh, uh, hey, crapping on the thing, meat yeah. on the bone, which we can do sometimes. But, you know, I think sheer praise is nice, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's one of those. The level of detail, there's so much to talk about, obviously, I feel like. Obviously and we've we'll... just been crapping. We spent the earlier part of the day crapping on a, <laughs> a chunk of the audience. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, yeah the, so we got uh, to get positive, y'all. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, we'll talk about the Yeti in a little bit, but that's fine. Uh, but yeah, as far as the ride, it is like it's it's uh, it's one of those Disney rides, I think, where it'll be up in 30 years and a kid will go and assume it was built at the start. Like it, it, they won't know when it was built. It feels very tiny, like Big Thunder. When I was a kid, I didn't realize Big Thunder hadn't been there the whole time. Yeah, there feels like rides. it always should have been there and the important part of the fabric of the right. Even like Star Tours, I don't think I vocalized it, but I knew that was just, that, that. Obviously, that wasn't there since it opened. I it's knew like that. A, well, it's like aesthetically different. Nothing else in Disneyland is like that. It's a movie and it's more angular right. and just feel, feels modern. But Big Thunder, yeah, it absolutely feels like it could have been. I think the mountains in general need to feel like they were always yes. there. Yeah. But even like Splash Mountain, I think I had an idea that that was newer. But yeah, but I feel like Everest, if I was a kid in 30 years going on it, I'd be like, oh, this was here. This Like, I wouldn't know. Yeah. It's just I think that's always cool to feel like something that truly feels like very timeless in the park. And and I think another neat aspect of it is that it feels like this, you know, 10 times uh, plussed up version of the Matterhorn. Yes. It all it all is rooted in the Matterhorn, and 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 it feels like a tribute to it in a way. And then we took this and took it to this level because uh-huh. there was always question of when is the Matterhorn ever going to come to Disney World? And there was talk of it going into a Swiss pavilion mm-hmm. in uh, uh, in Epcot, <laughs> sure. and it never came to pass. And then this felt like I remember even the first time I heard about it, like it was even framed maybe a little more as like it's kind of the it's the uh, kind of an amended it's the the Disney World version of the Matterhorn mm-hmm. and it's obviously so much more than that um but it's it's sort of i don't know it feels like a nice like tribute uh, uh, to this like very foundational ride in the yeah. park's history yeah for sure um and yeah the Matterhorn of course like we did an episode on that and of course like but that ride system makes the ride feel dated even though some of the effects sure. are new just for whatever like that ride system still makes it you go well, this shouldn't hurt this much because it was just like banged <laughs> yeah. together by a bunch of grumpy yeah. guys in the 50s they but, did their best yeah a bunch of guys were, they were all building like world war ii planes and sure then, uh, <laughs> they're um, making a roller coaster yeah but this is top tier technology and stuff that no ride in the disney park ecosystem had ever done never before this a disney ride that goes forward and and backward uh-huh. uh, yeah um i believe unless there's the, that the indiana jones thing the, in paris. The, the small indiana jones coaster in paris uh was briefly ran backwards for a, a short period of time but oh. this runs forwards and backwards on the same ride you know, yeah. in the same experience. Yeah. And, and that, I think we all watched this Travel Channel special where we <laughs> learned about the, the piece that makes this possible, that it's this hulking 
like very special part that so so the 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 point that we were talking about where you can see all of the swampland it rises to the the car your car rises to this apex sits up there for what feels like a while Mm -hmm. and then and then comes back down the other way and goes backwards uh by the time you pass it it has six seconds for this hulking piece (laughs) it's two two hundred thousand pounds a two hundred thousand pound piece has to flip over and and turn around and so that when uh, when you come back down you go down a different track yeah like a tra- like a train when it switches tracks like it's a full big mechanism that has to arrange yeah. so another thing go also as far as the weight is concerned one or two of the times that I did it that up at the top when you're stuck at the top um that can pause for a long time because if mm. something if a car is taking a while to load or something like any variable there so we were up there for like a minute. <laughs> really? Like a long time. I, I like it, it feels, I mean, even when you're up there just for the set amount of time, it feels long. We're talking about like uh, uh, at one point in this ride, you are riding through the mountains and you come to a point where the tracks are like turned upward. Like the Yeti has ripped them up and you are at the top of a hill looking down on stuff and you're just hanging there and it's shocking like mm-hmm. your expectations I, for a roller coaster like this is scary this is uh, shocking there's no more track i wish i have a big pause like that a that's big, so yeah it's a new beat you know in a roller coaster you never really absolutely seen i wish i didn't know that when i went on the first time but of course i had like seen videos of it but that does mm-hmm. seem like such a fun surprise well they were never hiding i mean in the yeah. travel channel specials it's in the cr- opening right. credits like <laughs> right. Right. But it's still like insane to experience. And then that you go backwards and then forwards again, like you keep switching uh, and you're in the light, you're in the dark. Like, yeah, it has. And I think I've, I don't know if I've said this, I guess I've said this on the show. It feels like, I feel like any ride, I feel like it doesn't matter necessarily about the length of, of the ride, but I think, I feel like to have like a really satisfying experience, it has to have like three moves has to have like three nice parts or moves to it hmm. to make it feel like it's a satisfying experience. Maybe the three is not the number. Maybe just it's different pieces that all feel like you've gotten a nice well, something thing where you can at go, the end. The, maybe it's not even, it's like, can you make a list of like when this happened, this happened, yes, this happened. Yes, that's probably a better way to describe like, it. Like uh, in Credit Coaster is very, like there's, you know, it's it's launch, it's loop, it's and the, the really crazy drop in the middle right i think i and you had not been to japan yet i think i said something similar on the japan episode about one of the rides and i said it was missing a big something i don't know what that is okay okay. but it felt like another thing would have made me feel satisfied with it Uh uh-huh uh-huh so this one just this is one of those rides where you have like such satisfying things and it changes it up the first lift hill is so cool the line we'll talk about the lot the queue is awesome and then there's just such a variation on what it does yeah. that even though the ride itself is actually pretty short, I think, or is it four minutes? What is it? Uh, I forget what the length is. It's but, it's not, lo- but it's it does seem long as it far seems as roller right. coasters yeah. go. It seems very long, but I don't think it's like super long. And it's I think it's because like it's sad. It like every piece is satisfying, and then you feel like you've been you've done there's been moves there's three moves on it there's three now you're backwards now it's this now there's a big robot now Mm -hmm. like it just all of it adds up when you're also just exploring just crazy wilderness it takes advantage of the undeveloped nature of a lot of the disney world 
property and it reminds me of the beast at king's island which i've talked about mm-hmm. where you're like i'm i feel like far away from the park i'm just yeah. in i'm just going around random trees and no civilization right. is around me the ride is two minutes 50 seconds is not four it? minutes it's so, so short but it feels like such a long thing because of how many different things and like your your brain keeps getting stimulated and then by the end of it whether it's two minutes or five minutes if it feels like it's had enough fun stuff Hmm. It feels good, I think. It covers a lot of grounds, too. Yeah. It's the ultimate. It also. I was also thinking about how compared this to Big Thunder Mountain, which we all obviously like a lot, but it's clearly um, in Disneyland hmm. or, or Space Mountain. The, the Disneyland roller coasters are all about, we don't have a lot of space, but right. we're going to turn you every which way within this mm-hmm. little piece of square footage. This thing is so uh, big in its scope and wide and uh, explores so much. It takes advantage of how much land there is at, uh, at yeah. Disney World. Um, let's uh, start in the queue, I guess, a little bit. I guess so. I mean, even leading up to the queue. Yeah. Well, the, I, the the Asia area section oh, yeah, of the yeah. park is just. I mean, all of this park is like so detailed and like so thought out. Um, what what else is in Asia? Uh, what else is in Asia? I have a park, a current park map, current ish <laughs> park map in front of me. Uh, Asia also has um, the Maharaja Jungle Trek. I think that's a walking tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Kali River Rapids is the other oh, big okay. attraction, and it's where the Rivers of Light show is now. I see. Yak and Yeti, the restaurant is there. I still um, haven't eaten there, even though everyone says that's good. Hmm. Although Tiffins, I think people I think liked better, like better. Too? Tiffins, I, th- I thought was more by uh, Pandora. Yeah, maybe I you're could right. be wrong. Um, yeah. What are the lands of Animal Kingdom at this? How do well, they Pandora? Pandora is funny to me. Asia, Africa, Pandora. Yeah, Asia, Africa. Discovery Island, Dino Land the USA, Oasis, and yeah, Dino Land USA. You know that actually counteracts one thought I had was that this is one of the parks in Florida, excuse me, at Disney World that uh, doesn't have like, for lack of a better term, America Town because right. the oh. Magic Kingdom has Liberty Square, Epcot has America, Hollywood Studios is. Pretty much just about uh, the history of American uh, like filmmaking. Lip tributes to different parts of L.A. Right? Different parts of L.A. Yeah, it's not. There's not a lot of French New Wave in that uh, film <laughs> park. But I guess Dino Land USA is kind of America. It, it doesn't quite know. There was like Camp Mi- Mini Mickey before, which is what uh, Pandora replaced. Which right. that's something. They really should. Do you know, do a Griffith Park section for Animal Kingdom or a Runyon Canyon uh, ride. Just because you really need the L.A. LA yeah, and yeah. LA I specific. need as many L.A. references as, yeah. as possible. The Greek theater uh, show building. Like you could have a show in the made like the fake Greek theater at Animal Kingdom. I was thinking how gr- the Grizzly, Grizzly Peak is sort of a nod to Big Bear, really. If you uh-huh. think, the, the, the Grizzly Peak r- r- recreation area when you see signage about that. Right. So that's a little... But I guess California Adventure entirely is a right. little California nods. The Disney park, parks love California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's got more California. You'd think they were designed uh, <laughs> 10 minutes down the road or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. But not that here you traverse the jungles of Asia... And yes. uh, um, yeah, so well, see, I don't know much about the the line because I haven't done it. Uh, it's pretty boring to watch a video of a look. God yeah. bless these 
theme park archivists on YouTube who cover every nook and cranny of all these places. But I'm not going to sit and watch a video of the line. Well, yeah. it's themed to to like you are you are traveling to the Himalayas, and mm-hmm. of course the Himalaya Mountains. Uh, touch upon five countries in the world. Uh, I have. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I of have course, it right uh, here. The thing uh, that you wrote down. And uh, come on, oh Jason. God, uh, time is of the essence. Nepal, India, Bhutan, China, and Pakistan. They're a very long, very uh, stretch, good. and include, of course, the famous uh, Everest among them. Um, but then there's this weird thing that the ride is not meant to be. On Everest itself. No, you are right. in the Forbidden Mountains. Mm-hmm. The, and we the, should, and technically the name of the ride is Expedition Everest Legend of the Forbidden Mountain. Right. Yeah. Because which you is, need uh, these things to be as long as possible. Which is interesting, because that is like a, that's a, this is a Joe Rohde uh, ride. Yes. Uh, Imagine Joe Rohde. And then um, he was behind Guardians of the Galaxy, which also is a long title. Guardians of the oh, Galaxy. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's breakup. got sort of an so aftermath. I do, uh, I do wonder maybe if that's his... We'll ask him. We have to have him on. Come hell or high water, we will have Joe Rody on the show. Right. So um, does he like a long title will be one of the first questions. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. That's actually an interesting uh, uh, thought to bring up. Although I, the another Rody thing, it, we've talked before about how like his rides tend to have a lot of plot. This does not... This is very simple, yeah. It's very mm-hmm. simple and is more uh, world building. So you're you're going through like, you know... The, the office of a company that does tours of these mountains and, and a Yeti museum and... Yeah, so here's... This uh, this is what I want to say about the, actually about the line. I'm not going to describe this tons and tons of cool like artifacts. thousand artifacts. Like They're house- all real things yes. they went real and found. Things, they household trips items to Nepal. that they bought from people. Right, wow. they, would, they said they would go and they would clear out like little marketplaces and be like, we'll buy all these bowls or something. And people yeah. would go, oh, okay. And they just take all these bowls and wow. then put them there. There was a, something interesting in that special too where they were talking about how they would take stuff and then they'd have to make it look more beat up. Mm-hmm. So there was a way to make like, they almost felt bad because some of the things they would buy, they wanted to, it looked too nice because it was new, oh, but they wanted yeah. to make it look more like, oh, they had found this and it was, you know, on a hillside for 60 years. So they'd have to like dirty up something or it's very, well, we'll post a link to this thing. Sure, sure. Hey, everybody, it's Scott here. You know, we talk a lot about treats on this show. We love treats. We're treat boys. But sometimes even the treat boys don't want to schlep all the way to a theme park. Hey, everybody, Tim Heidecker here with huge news. Office Hours Live recorded another episode live. It was one of our great ones with the great Rory Scovel, who's got a new special out on MAX. Oh, yeah. And the Trinity's here. DJ Doug Pound. Yes, hello. And Victor Berger the Fourth. Hi, hi, hi. Can't wait for the fifth. We enjoy the heck out of doing the show, and so will you. If you find us on the podcast app of your choice, now. Just to get the treats that we crave. And sometimes we want treats that are healthy and homemade. And that's why I'm excited about HelloFresh. It's a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. I had a HelloFresh delivery this week, and it was a blast. I had presto pesto panko chicken. I had beef bibimbap, and I had sweet and smoky Pork chops. I like that they spell it with the N and the apostrophe. It's like Chippendale Rescue Rangers. I like that combo. But it, what I like more is that it was 
delicious. And they help you through every step of the way. They make it so easy on you. It's enjoyable. It's easy. It's food delivered straight to your door every week so you can enjoy cooking and sticking to your New Year's goals. You can branch out. You can get out of your recipe rut and cook outside of your comfort zone by discovering new delicious recipes. So if you want to do all that, if you want to take advantage of HelloFresh's special offer for 2019 and get $80 off your first month, go to HelloFresh.com slash ThemePark80 and enter the code ThemePark80. Same address, same code. It's easy to remember. It's my favorite thing and my favorite decade. HelloFresh.com slash ThemePark80. Enter the code ThemePark80. HelloFresh. That's all. Let's go back to talking about fake rocks. So we're go- So the first time I had been on it, Lindsay and I were going through the main queue and we're looking at all this stuff. And up until the art, like the fake newspaper clippings about the Yeti, I went, oh, is all this stuff real? The- are these articles real? <laughs> like it-, it-, it does a really good job of easing you into K-fake. the fakes. Yeah, yeah K-fake. Into- there you go. Um, so like we're looking at it, I'm like, oh, wow, there's all these expeditions. Huh, so like these explorers, they were never found again. That's interesting. Like I <laughs> truly like, I, it makes me sound like probably an idiot because you'd probably <laughs> probably look at it again and go, oh, that's, look at it. It's a, it looks like one of those Old West like photo. Like it looks like <laughs> yeah. a fake thing you'd find at a fair or something, newspaper. Sure, sure. But like for a couple rooms, we're like, oh, this is interesting. Like we've, I never heard that's about the this story. before. That's yeah. the written kind of hidden story of like the lost yeah. expedition. Yeah. And then like yeah. it's, there's an article, another one was like Yeti attacks. And I'm like, oh, okay. Got okay. it. Uh, oh, I'm an okay. idiot. Yeah, I'm yeah. an idiot. Got it. Um, uh, so, but it's so good. Like it's such, cause I guess the, it feels authentic because of mm-hmm. all the artifacts they've got and all the different things they bought that. Well, also, okay. So, I mean, maybe we should talk about Rody a little bit in general, because he like clearly is the guy driving the ship for these in, like incredibly detailed. Yes. World traveling kind of rides because Rody gets a lot of credit. I mean, what is he? I don't, I never know the positions, but he's yeah. sort of, you sort of attribute all of animal kingdom to him. Yeah. On he some was level. the lead designer of this attraction. And I think animal kingdom at large. Right. Yes. At least so. Yeah. And then Pandora. So mm-hmm. like, I, I do feel like with Rody more than other cases, like uh, other than original Walt Disney, Disneyland and, uh, Hard Rock Park with uh, what's, what's his name? John Binkowski. Binkowski. Boy, uh, this is it's sort of an auteur park in a way, and and no park obviously can be made or single handedly right. designed and by I'm one sure person. But you and he, yeah, I'm sure he would say, and, oh, the hundreds of people were right. part. Of, but like, um, I don't. He does seem like such a major driving force behind, and and where it's like, and if you follow him on Instagram this is he is he is very much a world traveler and very detail oriented and you just you, I just you I don't know it's hard he clearly is bringing so much of himself to yeah uh, it's it's hard not to yeah if you just like have a, a a light understanding of him or have looked at a few posts on Instagram mm-hmm. or seen a few interviews with him it's hard not to see him all over this place like it's hard yeah. and I'm, by the way just to, just to say if you don't know who we're talking about and you're vaguely familiar with behind the scenes videos or park specials, it's the guy with the earring. Yeah, yes. he's got That's the earring. Who we're talking. And then you, most you've people seen like got him, it. you know. Him. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it almost feels like, I mean, we're, obviously we've talked about a lot of famous Imagineers, but it does feel like now his footprint, because it's a whole park yeah. that you sort of associate with his aesthetic. So like, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any other than Walt Disney himself. 
Yeah, I don't know. other Disney park where uh, you're like Tony Baxter in Paris, maybe. To some yeah, extent. to yeah. some extent, but it's still like Walt's. The I think, original. Well, you know, Discovery similar. Land is very Tony. Yes. Um, yeah, but it's just a land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. I wonder. I wonder how he feels about that because it does like his. He has a park kind of <laughs> like his mm-hmm. voice is one of the parks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, also, gonna say I found out a bunch of crazy roadie stuff uh-huh. uh so so this i knew when i've interacted with him on twitter because of this joe roadie went to uh my high school he went to uh, chaminade which is in west hills uh, uh california uh, uh by the way other the the alumni list of of this oh, yeah. high school very strange <laughs> i mean my favorite ones roadie and uh david page from toto who wrote uh, two of my favorite songs africa and uh, uh human nature by michael jackson uh also didn't know this one D- uh, dean ween from ween went to Sean. oh wow uh, uh and wait who else on the list i mean several of the kids from uh, uh seventh heaven who were there when i went there and jonathan taylor thomas went there uh, when i went there uh uh but one that i didn't know about uh linda hogan oh <gasps> Yeah, weird. Hulk right? Hogan's ex-wife. Yes, Linda Hogan. Wow. Uh huh. That's crazy. A uh, uh, star of Hogan Knows Best went to, <laughs> went to Chaminade and uh, an old Sky Gardener as well. But I didn't. So I just I just thought that was cool, and I think I learned he went there because of an alumni magazine that I am mm-hmm. forced to receive. I don't think I have a way to not right. uh, receive it. Uh, but the I didn't know that his Disney story totally stems from my high school Chaminade, uh, which is that he uh, graduated Chaminade, went to uh, Occidental right before uh, Barack Obama went there, Mm. uh, graduated uh, uh, graduated from there, started working back at Chaminade as a uh, doing theatrical set design for the theater program, which I participated in many decades uh, later. Uh, um, And among... So he's like doing sets for the plays, right? And the sets for the plays are better than they have any right to be. <laughs> They're just oddly complicated and very uh, well done. Um, and uh, uh, let me see. Yeah, he said the theater department at the time didn't have very big budgets. It, we made these rather impressive, elaborate productions uh, in terms of uh, set and costume design. And one of Rody's students. Uh, his father was John Zovich, who was the uh, dis- the vice president of engineering for Imagineering. So he goes to see one wow. of his kids' plays, goes, what's going on with the sets? Is super impressed, finds Rhodey, talks to him, uh, goes into Rhodey's office and says, you're wasting your time here, kid. You should be working for Walt Disney Imagineering. And Rhodey's reaction, because he, b- by his own... Uh, admission is like I'm like a free spirit hippie uh-huh. world traveler guy like Disney would hate a guy like me he takes the job and he is wrong they love what he's doing he's able to totally put his personality into everything and he's like a rising star there very quickly wow. so had he not made crazy sets for uh, for my high school I don't know if it was in the same facility the the Bob Hope Center <laughs> where I uh, uh, and, wow. and not an alum Bob Hope uh, no 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 Bob Hope didn't. I don't know why something's named after him maybe he, he drove by the school the, once um, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Close he woke enough. up on the lawn once. <laughs> <laughs> All right, rough night. Um, so anyway, he's like, 
right out of the gate kind of like a valued imagineer first thing he did he there was tons to do at epcot so he was a scenic painter for the mexico pavilion which think about that painting in there yeah yeah yeah, great all these murals i don't know what he did exactly but but yeah murals are great that boat ride we love uh worked on the refurbishment of Fantasyland. Mm -hmm. uh did concept art for captain eo worked on the Mm. norway pavilion and then eventually building up to working uh, is he like the main guy Guy on the Adventurers Club, the the yeah, uh, yeah beloved believe, now lost yeah. Pleasure Island. I believe uh, that is right. Mm-hmm. It was one of the main guys. It was hard to find Pleasure Island stuff not cataloged as well. We were saying yeah, yeah, like the plaques own. and stuff throughout Pleasure Island has a very roadie kind of vibe to the backstory. He loves his backstory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Olani, yeah. uh, Al- I believe, is also yeah. That's him. He yeah, was for in sure. charge of uh, too. Uh. Um, um, so. I guess, and I, th- I might be wrong about specifics here, but I think that in 84, Eisner has taken over and he needs to pitch the Adventurers Club, or maybe it's something else, but I think it's the Adventurers Club, to Eisner, uh, and he comes into the pitch with an actual Bengal tiger, <laughs> and uh, Eisner's like, wow, this guy, he's got panache. He's exciting, so he's he gets on Eisner's radar pretty quickly, and they start they're talking about what is the ultimate thing you would want to do. And right. I think that was yeah. Animal Kingdom. That's it, it was a like real a trick. Pro- oh, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say that's a real power move, and would come back later when they were doing the Lion King. And they would always show the behind-the-scenes animator sketching a lion just in a conference room. <laughs> like, yeah, so that, shitty, that footage like, is crazy. Yeah, I remember taking the tour of the animation studio when, like, uh, uh, what would have been like Christmas '92 uh, or '93. I forget when, but yeah. I remember them saying, "And, and, and uh, next week it's very exciting because we have some real jungle animals coming in, and the mm-hmm. animators are going to draw them." And I remember yeah. thinking, "What's that going to be for?" And uh, there you go, <laughs> clearly Lion King. Yeah. Um, I but, think it was like, didn't he say something like the biggest, like, that's the biggest thrill is seeing like an animal. Like some, there was something along the lines of like, he wanted to impress upon Michael Eisner that like, this is as good as a ride as seeing this thing up close. Oh, gotcha. Or, I mean, this could be from yeah. a different meeting or a different thing. I'm misrep- misremembering. Because that's another right. thing you appreciate with, with Animal Kingdom when you're older is like how close you are. To like it's like a zoo has a lot of barriers between you and the animal, and, yeah. and they made an effort at Animal Kingdom to try and use bodies of water or natural wa- like stuff oh, yeah. to I've, make it feel like you are closer than you really are. When we went on that safari the first time a couple of years ago, since I had been out in the early late nineties, uh, I was like a little uncomfortable by how close the animals were. <laughs> Yeah, sure. You're like, oh, God, this is... What's the actual deal with that hotel where they show you footage and it's like a giraffe's going to walk yeah, up to your room? I, what, what don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's true, if the giraffe really will, like, you get... Oh, why, good morning, Mr. Giraffe, and he's up at your window. I think He knocks still... on the window to wake you up and... He pulls like the sun out with his teeth and... <laughs> I haven't puts stayed there. A cup of tea. <laughs> I think you're still pretty far away. But it I would feels imagine. like you're you're a lot closer. That hotel is amazing. Wonderful restaurants. The design I, incredible. The main qu- restaurant in there, yeah, is insanely yeah. good. Yeah. This is a quick side note. I last night had a dream that I was price comparing hotels for Disney World. Oh you were checking God. in your dream. Jesus Christ. This is, all, uh, this is not a lie. I remember fig- You weren't even there. <laughs> I remember figures too. And I you're not supposed to be able to like read in your dream. 
But I remember like looking at like a website that's Yacht and Beach Club and it's at like seven twenty five. And I was like, oh, too expensive. And then like I looked at like Polynesian or something and I saw like three hundred dollars. And I was like, Oh, it's getting better. better. So like, but I as a very specific I woke up going, Oh my god. I'm thinking of the website to book hot- Orlando hotels in my dreams. That's I want what's going to help on. you, George Washington. <laughs> even your dreams are late. Yep. I wasn't even at the park. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, I'm at or I'm at Disney World enjoying the rides. I'm dreaming about booking. I'm the fact that you, well, because you have you like you do you like booking for people from afar. I do, yeah. Giving them tips and that's one I do. of the. And then now to know that it's in your dreams. I have never. I don't remember lately. At least most of my dreams. I don't have vivid dreams very often. I mm-hmm. usually forget them by the time I'm yeah. up. Uh, not this one. Mm-hmm. I woke up and had. So I have such a clear memory of this, like a like facsimile website that my brain constructed in my head right now with the number seven twenty five, and then <laughs> the Polynesian <laughs> website with three hundred. I remember it so clear. It's as it was real. And these numbers are are how accurate? Are not accurate. These numbers the be? numbers are not. It would be uh, better if. What a wild dream! Not, not so far n- off. Not far off for the Polynesian. Yeah. That's a that's, that Beach is Club a is deal. Not 725. Maybe Unless one of the suite, suites. Possibly. Hey, you could have been looking at suites. In my brain, I could have been examining the suites at the Yacht and Beach Club. And maybe, yeah, if they were, it was like a big family suite, it could be 725. So who knows? So when you die, your heaven is a world where ah, you can yeah. sit at the right hand of God and be his personal checker. With the MacBook Pro. Yeah. <laughs> Find me. Not a, even a cloud, cloud-shaped cloud Not computer. a fancy heaven no, thing. No, like just, a 2018 yeah. MacBook Pro. Much, it's an 18-inch. Uh, it's pretty light you'll find yeah. uh please find me a good deal for the caribbean beach right. <laughs> recently refurbished michael please um, give me a lagoon view <laughs> uh some i Yikes. have some roadie stuff so roadie oh the theatrical background uh adds to the one of my memories and mike correct me if I, if this is someone else please correct me sure isn't there a video of roadie playing the uh, the dream finder oh yes. yeah yeah yeah. there's yeah. a video of him in the full dream finder get up like talking to you mm-hmm. and he's so animated he's a very engaging speaker but he's fully committed to the character of the dream finder so a that lo- he has a theatrical background makes a lot of sense yeah a mm-hmm. lot of people they're not a lot but a handful of people people and imagineering like different people have played dream finder in different media like in different yep. media mm-hmm. like there was a walk around dream finder for a while but then there's like in different videos and there's been multiple your it's next a lot your like, next dream will be uh applying spirit gum to a beard and <laughs> placing it on an imagineer's uh-huh. face so he can play the dream finder yeah i don't get to like meet you, dream finder and fly no, with him no. in the flying Figment's machine not real no you're, you're helping the somebody practical. into a costume you it's did the get into side. the makeup artist union which is good because they in have my good dream I did. yeah in your dream it was oh, a whole yeah, 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 yeah. it's nice little mixer at the end of the year yeah, whole. It's like I lived a whole lifetime in my head of going to makeup school. Yeah, and then you wake up feeling um, lost because you're like, "That is a life I'll never, I'll never live. Never yeah. can go back to that life." Sure. Uh, uh, Dreamfinder is, you know, if we really think of Dreamfinder, is much like Hamlet or uh, Othello. Like multiple actors have taken the role. Oh, and, and made it's it their the own. Joker now, of course, is the new version of this. 
Uh, and maybe yeah. So so many more. Hopefully, people will get to play. Just jamming in another Joker reference. Well, Jason, Jason you were right on the money. Well, yeah. Hi. That's look. The internet has been on fire with that Joker joke. With they're just been hammering me with it. Everybody's so talking about everybody's it. Everybody's lighting me up <laughs> on means. social media. It's really hitting. That so. Mike li- is or likes the Joker. <laughs> yeah, is the Joker. I no, think? just likes it a lot. Oh, okay, just likes. No, it a lot. like your dreams. You don't get to be anything exciting. <laughs> okay, you just get to be adjacent That's to, or trying to purchase it. Um, so hopefully, all three of us will get to play Dreamfinder at certain points. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, we can anytime we want. Anytime we want. Let's just do it. It's not even do it for the podcast. Just, next time we're hanging out, let's all be dressed like the Dreamfinder. <laughs> we'll go to a bar. Everyone will be buying us shots because wow. they'll think we are so cool. Yeah. I think, yeah, maybe a Patreon exclusive is that we all do monologues as the Dreamfinder. What's our <laughs> take on Yeah, what yeah. is the... The Dreamfinder is... monologues? Yeah, you know, the Dreamfinder monologues. Mine's uh, going to be a Tom Waits uh, Dreamfinder, I think. <laughs> He's kind of a grittier Dreamfinder. Oh, okay. What if we all didn't tell each other what we were writing? We all ended up writing Gritty Dreamfinder. <laughs> like a very lazy movie. It's like how a lot of the superhero movies, like a, a lot of superhero comics in the 80s and 90s went through like this character but gritty, and then it kind of 20 yeah. years later hit the movie versions, and right. hopefully we're coming out of that. Um, Mine's going to rap. <laughs> oh, okay. You're okay. going for Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Very, very Pretty good. edgy, very good. huh? Um, so uh, the other roadie thing, I I watched a, a walkthrough. There was a tour. I guess there was a limited time uh, tour um, of Expedition Everest and sort of the surrounding areas in Animal Kingdom. And um, a very interesting Imagineer, Colleen, I did, they said, that I couldn't catch the last name, but she was the head of character paint. Uh, for Imagineering, which is not a term that I had heard before, but character paint is using color to tell stories because hmm. they use dozens and dozens of colors of paint, thousands of bucket gallons of paint to paint Everest. And they said there's four shades of gray alone to, to do the snow, to do the different gradients oh, right. of snow. Wow. Um, uh, but they someone asked about Rhodey. And they said, well, uh, Joe's not in the park right now. Um, You know, he kind of splits his time between Orlando and Glendale. Uh, But even when he is not where he travels for the for Imagineering. But even when he's not working, he loves to travel. So last we heard he's in Mongolia tracking snow leopards. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So it's a good Instagram also. Amazing Instagram. Very thoughtful uh, captions. And so he writes a lot too. And, and posts his sketchbooks sometimes. He keeps very intense sketchbooks and all. It, it's interesting. I find it fascinating that story with the high school because that's one of those instances where he wasn't looking for Disney. It's just happenstance that that happens. Unless there's more to the story we don't know. But he it's, isn't like Tony, where Tony's a super fan. Yeah. And he was on a collision course with his talent and Disney because he worked there. He's obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. Just by happenstance, this like interesting designer man gets swept up and then he takes to it. I don't think... I mean, maybe... Yeah, that's I, true. I, he wasn't like romanticizing... Disney specifically, he right. was just he was into what he was into and able to bring that all yeah. those con- uh, influences to the. Company. I would, yeah. What I would imagine it was like, yeah, he figured out like how to make it your own or whatever you would like. He figured out very quickly, like, okay, mm-hmm. I can do what I like, but here in this, yeah, in the it's like we didn't set out to be podcasters. No, we just love 
talking. We just talk about all this shit all the time anyway. So yeah. uh, you get drafted into it more than you uh, <laughs> had a dream to do it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a calling podcast. Uh, it's a yeah. calling. Now checking, dreaming, doing, living, <sighs> checking. Yeah, that's that is what it is. I do. I. I, I, as I'm thinking about it now, I do get an endorphin rush from thinking about trying to find a good deal. On, on, like I'm thinking about Into, it now. Describe what you're feeling physically. Fi- from- well, physically, I'm a little tired today. My voice is a little hoarse. But <laughs> if I think about it, if I think about like, oh, I'm going to go to Disney. Obviously, it's mixed up with the Disney World trip. That is somewhere in there buried in the feelings of the checking is knowing, oh, I'm going to get to stay in the hotel. I'm going to get to go to the parks. Mm-hmm. But the idea of that website that doesn't work very well, the Orlando, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Have you tried to book like hotels on the Disney World website? Oh, on it's clunky. Disney's official one? It's clunky. It does. It's like the same thing that they've had it since like 2000. It doesn't yeah. make any sense why it's like that. I, um, I, my family has had good luck calling them. Like mm-hmm. calling the travel because Disney has a full travel infrastructure and even Universal sure. now has a pretty intense travel structure. Um, but yeah, you, and there's a whole confusing thing if you're an, if you have like there's like discounts and if, at the time when I was a premier pass holder, you have to go around. There's a whole way you have to log in to see if there's a discount that you'll get from being the premier. And it's not easy. It's a whole clunky way, and then you can get like an extra five percent off the normal sale price that you'd orig- uh, originally get. So it's it's. And I'm now to, now you're just turning into a big glass of wine to me. Sure. Now I'm just I'm, well, your I'm brain just is leaving trying, the building. Your brain is trying to soothe you. It's seeing something unpleasant in front of you, and it's like, well, what'll calm him down? All right, got it. Uh, to me, you look like uh, Briar's ice cream at the height of the summer when it's uh, two fifty a gallon <laughs> or two fifty a quart. Right now. See, we're in the middle of winter right now at the grocery store. Ice cream was like $6 a quart. Nice Oh, try. really? Yeah. It's that different? It is that different. 250 to $6? Yeah. Are you do you still- have a, like, on your stocks app, can you, like, there's here's the price of gold, here's the price of steel, here's the <laughs> price of ice cream. The price of ice cream. <laughs> price yeah. of price Is of that sherbet. one of the, the cost of living? Could I get that? Like, it's, <laughs> oh, you know, loaf of bread, gallon of milk. Can we get ice cream in there too? <laughs> Do you always have? I think we've covered this. You always have like a little thing of ice cream in the in the freezer. Uh, and it depends. On- <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> this is my sincere answer. That's all I ask for. It depends on how much other sweets are in the house. So if, oh. you're, so if, if you got I a lot of Christmas candy, candy okay. yeah, I don't right now because I have a lot of stocking stuff for candy. <laughs> mm, good time of the year. Good yeah. time of the year, yeah. Um, so you have like when you say candy, is it like, like Fannie uh, Mae style or su- or what's uh, the other one? Sweet. Oh uh, no, like 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 um, Dove bars or or you know the Christmas tree shaped Reese's or just like stuff you could fit in a, in an actual stocking. Um, have, Cadbury okay. bars are really good. We're and, recording this. It's like two and a half weeks after Christmas or mm-hmm. so. Is it? That you, how much candy is in that stocking though? Because I went through my like, candy in the stocking. Well, you have to remember my parents are divorced, so I have two stockings. There's oh. a stocking in each one, <laughs> and then my stepdad usually, my mom and 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 stepdad live out in Amish country, and all of those like country kitschy kind of like Pennsylvania Dutch stores 
are just filled with bulk candy and stuff. Oh, so, so you, your stocking I, is like loaded so up. So stocking or like gift bags oh, and stuff. Oh, interesting. And so do you so, ever have dreams about them getting divorced, thus creating a third? <laughs> a third? I, I Assuming I, you would go yeah, visit. I think I would have other concerns. Uh, yeah. <laughs> No, I'm not saying it'd be the first thing, but just like to to give you solace in the in the, uh, everything swirling emotionally, like well, maybe third stocking. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe I had never considered that possibility until this very moment. <laughs> I should so, not be wishing that. I'm certainly not wishing. No, that. yeah, be I know. The only know. silver lining. So, but uh, you know, I I I will say I don't often buy like a a thing of non-Pirels or chocolate espresso beans for myself. Although Mike mm. has been with me when I have bought in a scoop of uh, chocolate or espresso beans. Wait, what am I talking about? This is a, what you need. You need you need a, a, a girlfriend to get married because then you've got in-law. That, that's your ticket oh, to that. And yeah. they right. get divorced. And now, oh, this is, I'm just trying <laughs> See, to design that, it, as yeah. many stockings for you as, as possible. I also, would... like how emotionally attached do you get to the, you know, the mother-in-laws, right? It's, I've learned from stand-up comedy the most insane thing in the world is the dang mother-in-law. <laughs> mm, I learned that in dri- driving school. I had a driving school instructor who was slipping in a lot of mother-in-law oh, jokes. Wow. <laughs> um, I love that all driving instructors trained in the borscht belt. <laughs> like, hey, I that? also had like a <laughs> tricky roads up there. Yeah. I had a, my driver's ed teacher also was like a hacky comedian guy. Is like that a com- have we talked about this in the show before? I think we... we have talked about it, but yeah. yeah. I mean, is that a common, because there is specifically stand-up uh, uh, driving schools, but I think maybe right. in general they attract like that's interesting. Weird people who just want like, oh my god, I got an audience. Let me right. uh, try a some small stuff audience. Out. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Of people who hate being there. Right. Yeah. That's um, interesting. Uh, all right. So well, I'll keep. To... We'll, I'll, I'll keep designing stocking plans for you. Oh, um, thanks. Doing math. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So there's this, there's this Imagineering tour. I was saying I watched this Imagineering tour video. I thought all the talk about like how they use color to tell stories, and and they had to like um, uh, uh, use the color red shows up a lot in the queue mm-hmm. and around Expedition Everest because as they say in the special, this is considered a protective color. So you'll mm. see it in Nepal, uh, and, and it's around doorways and windows in the corner of buildings. It's and very, like, subtly dusted on. Yeah, kind that's, of. That's one, I feel, you know, you could take the same structures of this ride and have worse painters do it, and it would have 50% the impact. Like, there's such... Oh, yeah. These things are really just beautifully um, well, uh, touched up. And- to the point they said in one of these videos that, like, you know, because they were using a lot of plaster and trying not to use a lot of wood, because wood is very rare around the Himalayas. So wood is... They, they were saying you see it as accents to buildings or on top of buildings, but they, they don't have... So it's a lot more like mud and clay and that sort of thing. And there was like one of the colors of, of the plant. They were trying to... They thought they had the texture right to recreate it, but it wasn't looking right. So the one time Rhodey went back to uh, the Himalayas, he asked them like, how do you do this when you do the buildings? And they were ladling it out. They had been trying to scoop it out. They were using like a soup ladle kind of thing. And when they did that with the version they had recreated, then it looked right. So it's like that level of attention to detail. Jeez. That, you know, like, rare is the person who would recognize all of these, mm-hmm. uh, you know, methods and why they're being done. And, and uh, you know, most tourists or what most people going on that don't really just, just kind of washes over them. But you, you'd be able to tell if it 
wasn't done with this degree of detail. You really could. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, God bless him for, like, being so to the letter. Uh, yeah, and, and I think, and, and from from my perspective, I have not traveled a lot uh, uh, internationally at all, and but but respectful to the cultures, too. Like, I would be very curious to hear about, like, how uh, Rhodey learned to travel like that. So you're not, like, just, you know the white colonizer kool-aiding to a like kool-aid man his way like dr livingston <laughs> i didn't know where just, you were going with that just bursting into a country like dr livingston in africa <laughs> i uh, see hmm. well it's i what, do like cool it kool-aid manning as yeah. a term yeah. for being like n- not delicate in your uh <laughs> arrivals and presence uh yeah I, I think it's a very useful term uh for hollywood the way some executives or producers or writers behave where they just burst in and start shooting their mouth off or, right yeah I, but i but let's not go ascribing negative qualities to the kool-aid man no who's, the who's kool-aid man is benevolent best. he gives of himself he is filled with <laughs> <laughs> the delicious Drink of my nectar. blood. Yeah. <laughs> and he always brought a party with him. So it's like it's not it wasn't it was destruction with a purpose. I watched him just a montage of like <laughs> 50 Kool-Aid man burstins that I was so happy by that I could watch is, if I wish there were a full 24 hours worth I could watch. Is he still bursting? Is is there are there new commercials where he's bursting through walls? Um I don't know. They're probably all Geico rip off now where they're just like odd and still and awkward or something Uh, uh, I don't know I think there's been some pretty recent Hmm. you know what I appreciate they were doing the burst-ins so early in the 60s it was probably so hard to do that stuff and he had the animated face how hard was that to do it's probably drawn on the film right yeah easier in the 80s -hmm. Um, yeah I will get into who may I would love to find out the personnel behind the Kool-Aid man oh the Kool-Aid man yeah the madman kind of guys who are behind the Kool-Aid man Kool-Aid man never in a theme park or a ride I don't, I don't think, think so. so. It seems perfect for something. A I, weird out of the way thing. So I haven't why hasn't Hershey hit up if I don't think that's in the same umbrella. Yeah. But. No, I don't know who owns Kool Aid. I although speaking of company company based rides, we're we're uh just a week or so no, not even a week, just a few days past the the consumer electronics show in Vegas and a lot of people were mentioning that Google Google built a dark oh, yeah. ride. Mm. I haven't really watched it yet, but I don't. I mean, I don't have the best opinion of tech companies right now. Mm-hmm. But so, they built a dark ride. But they did build a ride. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Have so to maybe look they're into good. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, lost my train of thought. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's a runaway train, just like the ride. Uh, just like the ride itself. Um, you know, we're talking about painting and stuff. Maybe we talk a little about the. Uh, uh, I think we probably all learned about the how the mountain itself was built mm-hmm. which this this again in like you know, uh, Matterhorn is the demo and this is the full realization of it that they were able to our, our beloved fake rocks were in fake rock territory and they were able to for the first time use digital technology to print the surface of the fake rocks and they're like so every it's all these like slats there was a term for it and I forget what it is now um, but like terra bars or something yeah, or not maybe. the scaffolding, they because they had a very interesting scaffolding. Oh yeah, that's it was like all. I, I mean, it's all these like p- panels 
that, that are all applied to the big steel structure, but they're all different because they're randomized mm-hmm. by computer. So it's this very like 3D printed. They were able to specifically design the like the texture uh, of of all of these many thousands of blocks of uh, of fake rock paneling, and then then installed it all. But then went in and covered everything in tin foil to, in order <laughs> to make like really like perfect and randomized right. craggy rock texture. And the, so they like laid that in and then painted. I, for, I forget how the tin foil uh, came into effect. But. All that stuff is just truly something. If they if they put you in a room, like I just, how would you even know mm-hmm. what where mm-hmm. to begin? Yeah, like it's so detailed. That special really breaks it down in detail. Like of how crazy this job is, yeah, yeah, how hard and insane mm-hmm. it is. And you also in the special meet the the people behind the sound, mm-hmm. and you like I think sound is a real. We haven't talked about this much, but ever like you, you really are in the Disney parks, never thinking about where the sound is coming from. Right and when a parade is in motion, seriously, where is it? Sometimes it's yeah. in the float. Is it b- below you? Is it in the street? Is it hidden in planters? It's very very hard to tell and you're not you're not supposed to know but in this in this ride yeah so it, like sometimes it's below the track mm-hmm. sometimes like when you hit that that giant peak it's that's hidden in the rock work on either side of you and there's so much going on in terms of yeti sounds and atmospheric sounds and this has to be a low rumble so it's got to be this kind of speaker and go under here and um it's such it's it's hard to appreciate because it's hidden right but it, there's such crazy artistry to it i feel like there was a few years before i even realized that that indiana jones uh vehicle engine is fake like that's how i mean again <laughs> maybe i'm making myself sound stupid but like after a couple of years i feel like i was like oh yeah that's a and gas engine that's mm-hmm, obviously yeah. a noise to make it look sound like a jeep it's not like actual sound of the th- obviously i think i knew the stalling out was fake because that, that couldn't be real but i still think that i was like oh yeah there's all these sounds that i'm just taking for granted that are adding to the atmosphere of this thing, and I don't even realize it. Well, and they said on Everest they built steam pipes in the the um, you know the station, but it's like built into the ground so that when the the car you know the train comes up, it looks like it's coming out of the train mm-hmm. steam because like the roller coaster cars you don't want to build a steam <laughs> right generator in a roller coaster car <laughs> that you don't need there. So, but, uh, and then they had to, the, the woman talking about coloring to tell a story, then on the train, they had to paint in the soot that like, you know, and they've, well, and they've talked about how they've wanted and allowed like physical, not mechanical, but physical wear and tear on the vehicles Uh because then it looks like a beaten up. Uh, uh, piece, you know, beaten up old train, uh, uh, you know, as opposed to a shiny new, just yeah. built and installed in Florida. Um, and and in the special, it's it's like super cloudy and rainy one day, and Rhodey's mm-hmm. looking up excited. He's like, "This looks looks even better. It looks like the real place now." Mm-hmm. Um, so th- this thing, like, you know, um, incorporate is incorporated the elements in a in a cool way. Yeah, and then it's like with the mountain stuff and like Big Thunder stuff that's based in reality like it does as long as there's upkeep you have to do to it but it also it does get more character as the years go on yeah mm-hmm. so like it does add to it that it looks like a little junkier just as the trees grow and fill in gaps that, that weren't there and maybe that's the whole thing maybe like well i'd say definitely with with everest now and and much more recently with avatar 
the like probably Animal Kingdom seemingly is at its peak mm-hmm. now. Yeah. It's like whereas there's probably other parks that have the opposite effects that come out of the gate perfect and shiny and then aren't kept up right or like Epcot nobody Center. is thinking yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ep- yeah. Epcot, Epcot Center's gotten worse. Hollywood Studios has needed like a reconceptualizing of what right. it even is. Which is but Animal Kingdom is only improved and improved and improved. It's a little like engine that could Islands of Adventure I think had a lot more detail and certainly a lot more like port of entry kind of stuff throughout or like in there there used to be those junk boats that would go across the lagoon and mm-hmm. all of that so quickly faded away i mean i'm sure some of it you could chalk up to islands of adventure opens 99 september 11th happens and like orlando took a hit hard i mm-hmm. mean disney had hotels closed like they had so many issues did something close entirely uh i think some some of the the smaller hotels some of the mid-range hotels might have like closed for you mean like temporarily temporarily yeah right, right. Oh, and well, then construction the a lot of some of the all-stars like where del- their openings were delayed years like they were oh, just sure. left as construction shells and that's another thing about this ride is that i i've said it before i think there was a real dark period for theme parks uh, uh, after September 11th with the tourism dive and with less money coming in and just Disney's Disney's already getting cheap and California Adventure was so cruddy when it opened like think about the like the, in the this is 2006 is when this opened yeah um, yeah like what else was good in the parks right. leading up to this like there's things that Mission Space obviously a big uh, uh you know like super technological marvel attraction but like not very well regarded right you said good yeah yeah i mean <laughs> what yeah else was like good? Uh, an uh, interesting swing a yeah, big swing sure, a sure. big interesting building but like, everest is like seems like something you'd make in a golden age and it yeah. was surrounded by a lot of nothing and a, a lot of them going well let's celebrate the anniversary because we don't have a new ride uh uh but this this feels like right because like disneyland was kind of garbage i can't think of anything they added from like 03 to 06 yeah. or because when we went, when we went, and I had, hadn't been in ten years, the stuff that I hadn't gone on at that point was Mickey's Philhar Magic mm-hmm. and Everest, and I think that's it. I'm pretty sure that's it as far as new stuff. And I hadn't been in yeah. ten years. Huh. There might be one thing hmm. I'm forgetting, but that's nothing. <laughs> that's not like two rides in ten years, right? It's crazy. Yeah. So Everest, I really guess Mission, okay, mission the Space as well. There sure. it is. That's sure. the last yeah. one. Um, but I mean, and I it's all on Everest space. in the 2000s. This is this is the ride of the 2000s. It and it's it's a good torch. one. Yeah, and yeah, it it is interesting. I would be interesting interested to know like how do they get it through? Is it just because of the anniversary? And then I guess maybe they also like had surveys that said like you know people would like a thrill ride here. I yeah, I bet maybe it was always part of the plans. Maybe it was one of those like mm-hmm. tier two will be or phase two will be this. Right. I think. I think also. I wonder at that point, because I think they always intended to build the Beastly Kingdom stuff, hmm. yeah. or at least for a few years, too. And I wonder if that was still... I wonder when that finally went away for good, because I think it was supposed to be where Pandora is now. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't come across a lot for this ride of, like, where did the idea come from? Like, what what was the impetus for this, as opposed to, like, a different animal-themed coaster or something? Sure, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I mean, it's a di- yeah. It's like a mountain, which is a Disney tradition. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that all makes yeah, sense. But yeah, I wonder if what else. I haven't seen anything about I mean, like it, what other ideas were thrown around. It is. I mean, it, they had uh, land based uh, it, 
you know, Asia. So, like, it makes sense. The, the, Himalaya, the Himalayas are in such a large part of, mm-hmm. of Asia. So, like, it's there. It makes total sense, like, why mm-hmm. it is there. Um, looking at a recent uh, Animal Kingdom map, I think it's interesting that uh, if you look at Animal Kingdom from above, this is sort of at, like, 4 o'clock on a watch and uh, Pandora's kind of at like seven o'clock. So nicely spaced apart. You have like the e-tickets far apart, which mm-hmm. is good for crowd control, mm-hmm. like good for crowd disbursement. Sure. Well, um, yeah, this one has, I think this line is usually the second, well, I guess now third longest. Although I guess that sometimes the safaris get a little long depending on what time of day it is. But yeah, I mean, these are, this is a very popular, obviously, because it's, I would assume if, this is one of those things that if you're a family, you got to go do this one, like this and the two rides in Pandora. Pandora. Yeah, um, and this is potentially a family. This doesn't seem like the most intense coaster. No, it's not. I mean, you go. I, last time it's I went on fast, it, it is but, fast, and like you go backwards, and I felt like that that rocks you a little bit, but it's not so crazy. Mm-hmm. It's also like. I forget, they say it on the special, it's sort of deceptively, the mountain is deceptively tall looking. The drop is... It's called Force Perspective, and it makes smaller (laughs) things look bigger. Like, that was the one thing about this special. I was like, ooh, we're getting a lot of 2006 travel channel narrator. Mansers. Mansers. uh, Yeah. yeah, The guy, the you don't know Jack guy. Like, what do you think this is? How does that? Voice. How does this coaster's top speed compare to a dick going <laughs> um, a dick's thrust? <laughs> a dick. <laughs> um, that did was you just guys, the t- style of the times. Did you catch what he said about Rhodey when they first introduced Rhodey in the special? No, I forget. Uh, can you tell by the earring? This guy thinks outside the box. <laughs> <laughs> what, what if I had an earring? That's that's, <laughs> that's that's pretty wild thinking. Yeah. Um, hmm. Oh, Mansers. You never uh, did Mansers, right, Jason? No, I never did anything for Mansers. That was a little before my time oh, at UCB. Yeah. I was on it. I was I it. was starting to fish because I I when I realized uh uh with somebody at Funny or Die that their girlfriend or wife was the casting yes, uh, person. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was like, is this my in? Can I? Die? I like started trip, but I think it was a little too late. I was like, uh, oh, I, you I, were I, gonna try to be on it. I wanted to be on it very, very badly, but I was not like a, I, I've, I've never been like a pure actor, so there's no reason why I would have uh, done it. I was just like, can I? What strings can be pulled? Look, I know I'll be a nerd. I know I don't look like a bro. Uh, you uh, just wanted to be. You wanted to join a carnival sideshow for like one day yeah <laughs> you wanted yeah. to be one uh, of mr barnum's freaks for a single <laughs> 14 hour day for a hundred special dollars i cannot stress to people do not look up the clip that i'm involved in on mansers do not look it up don't try to find it i don't think mansers <laughs> is particularly I, I well archived it. the last time it came I think up it's off i think it's off the line uh, yeah i i even you know what i don't think i told you this i bought a couple episodes of it <laughs> to try to find I, it i i forget why those i was like based on your vague description of what it was i looked at like what were the topics but nobody out there is really like keeping mansers <laughs> super archived i was hoping to just run into it and be able to show it to you but i couldn't but i like bought the only place they're available is on amazon so i piecemeal bought three episodes <laughs> of mansers now there it's great entertainment oh uh, it's fantastic regardless yeah. but i will uh, i'll i'll say this I'll, I'll tell you about one that i didn't do hmm. because this person you're mentioning who was casting called me once and she was one of a very nice person and she said all right now 
you don't, you feel free to say no to this. And by the way, if people don't know what Mansters is, it was a show on Spike TV where it would answer like guys questions and it would always be like about shit or <laughs> sex or piss or like something <laughs> like a beer you know, guy stuff, shit, piss, <laughs> you know, and sex, poor things, <laughs> fist, the shit of the dick. <laughs> like that was everything, and so it would How be like, "How much shit could your dick piss?" Well, hold on, Scott, you got very close to what I was about to say. Uh, she goes, "All right, now you don't have to." So every segment would be a different question. It would be like, "How much beer could you drink before you died?" <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. would you blow up like a giant balloon like that girl in Willy Wonka? Like <laughs> stuff like that. And it was like, she goes, all right, so feel free to say no to this. Um, but would you be interested in being in the segment? Can you poop out your penis? <laughs> Whoa. And I said, thank you for offering. No, thank you. <laughs> she said, I totally understand. Don't worry about oh, it. Oh, if I've only my number had been next, yeah. I would have loved to have. Uh, I don't know what penis. it would have entailed, but. The first time I did it, I was uncomfortable. So that's why I especially I was like not. I think I ended up doing like I was in the background of a bar scene that season. Okay. And, you know, you made a nice $110 for that. The whole. That was yeah. it. Sweet. This, this wait, is... wait. Oh, so, oh I was that? just going to say, what, what was the manser? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I never saw the episode. Ugh. I do know who did it, though. Hmm. Um, but it, it had been turned down by, I think, over 10 people. Wow. Whoa. I, I wonder I what it would have had. I would have glad, unless I, shirtlessness oddly would have been, would have counted me out. But this doesn't seem like it would require shirtlessness. It could have. Been. They found uh, a knows? reason. There was a I lot of shirtless like a lot of... people. Thank God. You know, if it had been, can you shit out of your nipples? I'm Oof. out for sure. Yeah. But. Uh, I think the answer was yes, though. I think I did ask. I think the answer How was yes. I don't. There would be like, well, you know, look if a doctor went in there and <laughs> redirected some some pipe. I don't know. Like, I don't know if that was the answer, but it was something like if you had a switch track, all law expedition Everest. <laughs> if Joe Rody went into your intestines. Well, I was going to say this is like turning Joe Rody's inquisitive eye on trash culture. <laughs> and I would be I'm curious to ask him, like, Joe, what's your poison? What's your tread? Like, are you a Vanderpump rule? Are you bar rescue? What's your what's your g- garbage? Like, uh, no, you can't just You're not all read class, ancient Joe. scrolls all day long. You got to have something to cut it with. OK, mm, we'll see. We'll have to ask. That's well, not that. Yeah. Maybe that's the question. Number one. What's your poison? What's, What's your, your poison, poison Joe Rody? <laughs> yeah. I love ridiculousness. I love to, <laughs> that just to see a laptop uh, elevate, to built on a giant scale and to have the, a man serve as a finger stepping from key to key. Well, you can't mm-hmm. argue with that. I mean, I, I caught a, an episode or two of Ridiculous on cable over the holidays, and it just just bleeds charisma. I mean, <laughs> there's one word you're thinking of. Very yeah, popular. What's up? I'm Rob Dude, and this is ridiculous. And then, like, <laughs> other, he, like, as much as he can make the sounds technically without actually opening his mouth, and then, like, and then the, the girl who just cackles... She's a professional cackler. I don't think yeah. I've ever seen an episode. Uh, I'm a I saw an episode. Is something oh, you've seen else. It a lot. It's, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I really. <laughs> I like. saw one with one of the new Power Rangers, with one of the Power Rangers from the big budget movie Power oh. Rangers. Oh, yeah. which what? The, all five are such mega stars such, today. Yeah. So recognizable. You can't we avoid them. Yeah, we we're all into their personal exploits. And, uh, uh, anyway, expedition. Back, <laughs> back to Everest. Expedition back Everest. Back to expedition Everest. We have to find. We have we, to find our trash. We're trying to find because we just like this ride a lot. Yeah, we're. Yeah, 
trying to find the Forbidden Mountains. We have been warned <laughs> off from going going near it. And so. because, well, with the side, uh, the story that we've missed is that this was a railroad that was like a, uh, uh, it was it was like a tea delivery oh. uh, route. And uh, like this isn't a roller coaster. This is just a, this is just a train where tea is moved from place to place. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the Yeti did not like right. the train tracks going through his uh, his mountain home. Right. So um, he t- tore it up or something. But so now he's been... back up, <laughs> and it's these two these two numbskulls, Norbu and Bob, uh, who are doing. They're taking the old tea route. And they're they've turned it into like a tourist thing, mm-hmm. and uh, we're all the we're all Norboos suckers. <laughs> well, just a l- bunch of Norboos. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't that, I didn't know that was the narrative when I was in the line, but I don't think that's mm. so important. This is a good optional narrative. Yeah. I, I like. I think this yeah. is kind of where theme park stories need to land. Is it's there if you want. Yes, but if you want to, if you're if you need to just be changing diapers for the whole. Uh, right. You need to be feeding goldfish to your kids yeah, right, for yeah. the whole line. You don't need to know. You don't need to pay attention to any articles on the yeah, wall. Yeah, Dad, let's look. Okay, what is it? Roller coaster? Got it. Yeti? Got it. Mm-hmm. That's all we need to know. Well, it also seems like from what I, I read about that as they're researching this, they found that like there is kind of um, uh, uh, spiritualism in the right wor- word, but like the Yeti seems to exist as a concept. Like this is, I'll post a link to this. Mouse Planet had this transcript of a talk Rhodey gave explaining their theory behind the Yeti. Um, The other challenge that we set before us was making the Yeti real, making a Yeti that could both seem real and be this other Yeti, the Guardian of the Mountain Yeti. So we did, in fact, blend both of these ideas into making our Yeti. Most people in the Himalayas believe the Yeti is real. It's not like Bigfoot. It is not something that, like, six rednecks in a bar think is real, and everyone else thinks they're crazy. That is not the Yeti. When you go to the Himalayas, it's really hard to find people who don't think the Yeti is either real right now or was real a few years ago. The Yeti is real to these people. That's wild. So, like, there is a spirituality. There's, like, a, a... in the way that American urban legends, the Bigfoot, the the Jersey Devil, are just kind of these, you know, stories. Like it feels like the Yeti holds more significance. So is the Yeti real? <laughs> and how much shit could he piss? So then they they had to not. How big is his hog? <laughs> we we really like set that up perfectly at the start yeah. of the episode yeah. to talk about the Yeti. So how big, big is the Yeti? <laughs> <laughs> we asked this gorilla dick expert <laughs> well extrapolating from uh, yeah. gorilla's penis size uh, um whoa so, so there's kind of like a fleeting theoretical version of the yeti and then there is a a western version of the the yeti like oh the yeti is a big monster a big bigfoot type monster and they kind of had to make those both make sense together like these local stories and then translate that for a mass audience and that's what we're seeing in expedition everest so mm-hmm. you're so like a reverence had to be included yes. it could not be some like arbitrary just gur monster although you know once you're on the thing he right. like, well you yeah. know they ended up they clearly ended up swinging some of this story into matterhorn with the the, the way that now uh the matter like the the abominable snowman now 
has more of this component of he's protecting his mountain. Right. That he's not just yelling yeah. at you arbitrarily. He's being protective, or at least that's how they explain the backstory. And that's made a little more clear with the like added projection components at the top of the Matterhorn. Right. And that's very much the... He's not out for blood. He's being right. protective. If and we he, got to get off and explain it to him in his language, he would understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it makes sense. He's not a, a villain. He's not a proper villain or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that there is a logic to the Yeti, too, because people have tweeted at him. It's like, why is the Yeti not white? And Rhodey's idea was that, like, well, there's nothing up there. There's nothing at the snow-capped mountain. Most of uh, uh, the, the Himalayas are barren and woods and forests, and, like, there's not food up there. So it would probably be down further down the mountain. So and and one of the legends was that the Yeti could be invisible, which if he was colored like the forest, he would be invisible. He would blend into the forest. So there is like a storytelling element too to oh, the color he's like predator? of predator? Huh? The Yeti is like the predator? <laughs> I yeah, kind wow, of. Wow. That's awesome. Um, which I, begs the question like boy, Disney likes to expand their ips and stuff some kick-ass yeti movie sure and they own do they own predator now with fox oh i think i don't know oh predator versus versus predator yes yeti versus predator versus alien which they got alien too yeah yeah Yeah. time to add a third freddy and jason (laughs) they probably i assume they own maybe yeah might be a different one uh wow yeah that's interesting what does i have a question does joe roadie believe in the yeti Hmm. Oh, I feel like he would give you a little mystery answer. I feel like he might yeah. not answer that. Yeah, so. he'd give you a little bit of magic. I mean, yeah. which I guess that's what you want. I, you spend enough time there, you consume enough about. I would like this. to know because, like, I do. I have a minor fascination with like Sasquatch and the Grassman, which is my favorite whoa, name whoa. for. It's... I don't know about the Grassman. The Grassman is like Bigfoot, but I, th- I forget what region they call him Grassman. Hmm. And there was a whole like thing about finding the Grassman on one of these channels. Huh. Uh, and it's all like sort of just everyone's got their own regional version of Bigfoot or whatever. So it is fascinating to know like for whatever reason this phenomenon has popped up in different parts of the world, and everyone is. It's I mean it's like not unlike religion. Where everyone has their own version of it, but it's interesting. I would wonder from a guy like Rody who's been to so many different places. I'm not truly if he believes that the grass man is real, but like, what has he seen? What has he experienced with all the people like telling well, him about it? I think his theory was that um, you know a lot of these people, uh, a lot of the different ethnic groups and stuff had moved, and some of the groups had like over you know years and years had migrated from. Uh, uh, different parts of Asia and potentially parts where maybe uh, the great ape, like giant apes may have been around more in the past. So you, as stories get passed down the line and as people, you know, move from place to place and pass on these stories, like there, you can like the way storytelling works, you know, whisper down the line, you can mm-hmm. logic out that like, oh, that could be where the Yeti legends came from. Right. Hmm. The Grassman is Ohio, is uh, Ohio specifically. Hmm. The Grassman, also known as the Ohio Grassman or the Kenmore Grassman or Orange Eyes. Uh, and then there's like drawings of specifically like this could be the grass man who looks kind of more like a. It looks gremlin. like Watto. Whoa. Uh, but then there's more like a Bigfoot type grass man. So it's interesting. I'd I like this truly, honestly, all this IP 
being turned into movie. It's just kind of sitting there. Jersey Devil. No one's made. Like, yeah, a the Jersey, Jersey Devil. Devil that's fun. Movie. I don't think I know about the Jersey Devil. Oh, the Jersey the story. Of the Jersey Devil. Springsteen <laughs> has a song. Or was he covering a, the Jersey song Jersey Devil? He did. He, I a, think so. I, there's a hockey team, the Jersey Devils too. The Jersey Devil goes a, more back to like Puritan times, where it's like the yeah, devil Scott. impregnated a woman. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> he means business. The devil impregnated like Goody yeah. Proctor and the child. <laughs> Jeez, this half beast, half demon, half man. It does. Like, yeah, I feel like a dark universe of all these characters is called for. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All yeah, no one owns these characters. How big is the devil's sperm? <laughs> but I I is feel it pitch like black. <laughs> maybe it's just because it's 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 older. It feels like there is more uh more of a story of the Yeti than like mm-hmm. Bigfoot. Like I don't know what Bigfoot Bigfoot just seems like he's, he's wandering around. around. There's more Bigfoot though than you realize. There's more like Probably. Bigfoot mythology and stuff like. That. I think there We're is that. We're gonna meet Bigfoot at Knotts soon enough. Oh, it's so exciting! Yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess Knotts is getting in on some of this now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it makes sense. Like Yeti, that there's probably a longer time people have had to yeah. develop the legend of it, mm-hmm. which makes it loom a little larger, I guess. Well, and then you have. The legend of the the uh, Everest yet yes, uh, which is sort of the big thing about this ride. And if you aren't privy to this, uh, if you watch this Travel Channel special, uh, well, it's okay. So the Yeti, you hear the Yeti, uh, uh, then you at some point you see a, a, a projection, kind of a silhouette of him tearing the track mm-hmm. apart. The whole thing is kind of a chase in and out of the mountain, uh, avoiding the Yeti, and then you come face to face with him, and he is a gigantic animatronic who is meant to swing and swipe at your car and in the travel channel special you see the programmer and you see roadie and you see this thing in action it is unbelievable it is so surreal it, it looks how, like animation is it 30 feet tall like is it 30 feet it's tall something, something like, like that joe roadie is standing next to it and the scale of the hand right the claw yeah. like next to joe roadie's head is staggering and it, yeah it's like because i had never i it stopped working by the time i went on it mm-hmm and seeing it in the special was actually the first time I had seen it working in some yeah. capacity. And it is like nothing robot-wise I've ever seen. I don't think anything has come close to beating it. I'm trying to think. It's so fluid. So fluid. And it's the scope of it, the size of it. The biggest animatronic Imagineering ever made. And it's, yeah, it's terrifying. Like, I, I almost... You know, I, I obviously want it. I want it to swipe at me, but I'm saying like, oh God, I would have been f- so freaked out <laughs> with this the giant yeah. robot, which of course I want it fixed so I can swipe at me. But yeah, it's ter- it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But at some point, and I maybe you guys know the facts. I don't. I don't offhand, but it was pretty quick into the operation of this thing, it stopped working. I think and it was on the first and off. Two years. It was on okay. and off a little bit, and then it just stopped. Something like that. I think it was around 2008, maybe, um, which. You know, as the recession is starting, like Disney not exactly throwing money around on repair work. Uh, at the 2013 D23, Rhodey said, uh, 
it's really hard to fix, but we are working on it. I was in the room for this um, at that 223. Because oh. somebody, I remember somebody going, when is the Yeti going to be fixed? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I will, I will do it. You have to understand it's a, comp, a giant complicated machine sitting on top of like a 46 foot tall tower in the middle of a finished building. So yeah, so the, the, the problem with it, that at least how I understand it, is that they just... For like what they've done now with the Navi Shaman of Song, for instance, is that you can pull the robot out if it needs maintenance. Mm-hmm. They cannot pull the Yeti out. It is built into the structure of the ride. So whatever the problems are with it, they would have to shut the whole ride down and like rebuild the robot or something. Something like, it's just, like that. It's not easy to repair it in its current state. And some and, you can't and get to I it. bet the Disney number crunchers might say Look right. at the line. Do you see a problem with this? Because what they uh, what they did is that they they the the Yeti is there and the figure is very impressive, but it doesn't really move. And they flash lights at it, mm-hmm. and this is called the B mode, or as fans have dubbed it online, Disco Yeti. Yeah, because lights are just flashing on it. And I think the I, uh, the Disney argument is probably. Like the satisfaction with this ride is still extremely high. If we shut it down for a long time, right? We aren't eating those people, and like, are are people complaining beyond the fans who actually know right. what it's supposed to do? Uh, and I see that argument. However, now having watched that travel I know. channel, th- yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible. We got to get it going again. He's. I know he said periodically, like I think maybe I figured out a way to do it, but I think like the problem is is that whatever is not working on it is so bad that I think it needs to like kind of be replaced. But you can't take it out of the ride yeah. without a massive amount of construction. Now, eventually you'll hit like the 20-year mark or something, like 2006. So we're at like 12, 12 13-ish years now. So eventually you need to do major maintenance on all these rides and shut them down for an extended period of time. And if I had to guess, that would be when... They would do it. Now, last summer, July 2018, someone said, how about this Yeti? Which I'm sure Joe loves hearing people say, <laughs> like, what's the deal with the Yeti? Um, uh, uh, and he literally tweeted, we're still working on it. And the articles, people writing articles, like, the Yeti is being fixed. And it's like, he literally said, we're still, we're working on it. Like, that's <laughs> it. Like, it's, it's, are people that hungry for clicks? Like, yes. that. I guess so. And also, like, clicks from how many people? <laughs> That's guess a true. Lot, I for guess. how many people? I, I guess yeah, we would like click on it. I'd be like, oh, good, they're fixing it. Yeah. yeah. But, like, anytime he's asked about it, and he's pretty gracious, he's like, yeah, it's an ins- absurd. it was an absurd undertaking, and it's not, it's not insane it's so that it went wrong. Yeah, it's so interesting to, like, these people are geniuses at making this stuff. But then there will always be something where it was, like, Obviously, this was a huge problem because they didn't allow themselves to like have an easy way to fix it. Yeah. So you're like, oh, that seems like a crazy oversight. Among everything else is perfect in this for whatever reason, they didn't figure out how to do this. Um, and then they learned the lesson w- of, with a much smaller animatronic, which is the Navi one on the river ride. But then I don't know if you've heard, I've got this from Jim Hill's podcast, uh, is that the problem with that ride now that they're running into is that the the both flight of passage and the river adventure or whatever it's called they're in the same show building they're on top of each other they're on top of each other so if the fire alarm goes off on one 
They both God have to it. empty the Whoa. lines. So like that's another thing where you're like, ah, oh, these are geniuses. And then there's this one thing, which of course at the time they were probably like, oh, you know, it'll be so much easier. It'll be one building. And then they, no one ever thought of like, oh shit, when the fire alarm goes off, both buildings have to clear out, which really is a big pain in the ass. And people have booked their uh, uh, their flight yeah. passage many months ahead of time. That's how crazy. Right, this and thing. people yeah. could have been in line for flight of passage for two hours, mm-hmm. and because like something went wrong in the other ride they have to evacuate the line i don't know if there's a system in place of them like giving them something to come back i don't know but anyway it's just interesting to hear like there'll be one crazy oversight everything else is almost perfect and then there'll be just and, one yeah, mistake yeah like like five thousand uh, right. correct decisions right and, and then five thousand and one uh, <laughs> that they never thought of yeah because they must have been like oh this is a great idea we'll put them in the same building because when you are doing unprecedented types of course of, that's i think that's a thing that i really like about you know if a movie is having story problems you can look at other movies for inspiration you know how movies are generally supposed to go and you can or you know if a director drops out you can bring in another director mm-hmm. theme parks are every i mean the really good theme park rides every one of them has never been done before and to some extent will never be done again mm-hmm. so how yeah. do you solve how, how do you even think of the problem right exactly how would you anticipate i mean and when we're yeah, when we're saying like they thought of so many things, how do they anticipate those 500 things that could have gone wrong and they they're fine with it and then the one thing. Yeah, it is why it is crazy cuz yeah, ideally when you're building one of these giant e-tickets, it's so original, it's so interesting and creative that the amount of challenges we don't even know. They're not documented. Mm-hmm. There are weeks of just somebody going like, oh, shit, you know that thing we thought was going to be easy? It's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> so let's fix it. And then, like, maybe that doesn't get documented. They may even forget about it because there's so many other terrible, impossible things that they've overcome. So it would be crazy, like, to truly get, like, a log of from start to finish of everything, mm-hmm. not just like the truncated version of going, oh yeah, there was just like a minor problem with the paint for a month. <laughs> right, right. Like, cause that stuff ha- must happen all the time. Yeah. Like just yeah. these unglamorous, the unsexy problems too. Well, you see in the special that they wanted it to look like there was snow blowing off the mountain. So then the like, they had to figure out how to shoot mist out. So it mm-hmm. looked like, you know, snow that was blowing in the wind mm-hmm. oh gotcha huh, huh. yeah uh it's yeah it's so yeti I, i've heard like i think he was saying for a while it seemed like they might be able to just sort of like put a new arm on it or something and like just sort of have the arm swiping but it would be a different mechanism perhaps yeah but Sounds i don't know good if that i don't know if that's out the window i'm not sure where he's we'll ask him obviously that'll be a 30 minutes of grilling roadie on what have you thought about what have you tried here's some ideas we have (laughs) yeah but like i mean that i i have to imagine it's frustrating that like you you put so like you said you put so much time and care in all of this stuff and something goes wrong and everyone just has the same (laughs) stupid question that they lose so joe we gotta ask when are you fixing that yet it's like cool your jet like there were people that got bless their hearts uh the the tour i was watching where the imagineers are showing them all this stuff there were clearly some uh knowledgeable ish people on the tour who was <laughs> like i have a very specific question and the imagineers were like um yeah i i've been working at Fantasyland for uh, about five years now getting that rebuilt so uh i don't 
quite know the answer to that or like yeah answering other people's questions so it's like just if you're in a situation like this folks it'd be cool be cool play cool that's one that i don't i I, having looked into this issue a little deeper i think i have sympathy for this whole Mm. yeti issue more than i did uh when we started and you know they pulled off an incredible ride and uh even the yeti itself is still very cool it's just not that one last uh yeah i mean it uh, i'm trying to think too like without the yeti it is still awesome mm-hmm. even if you took the robot out and it wasn't ever part of it you'd still be like wow what a great ride but yes having a fully terrifying 30 foot yeti obviously would be the oomph yeah. the thing that really makes you go wow but it'll be such an when they do figure it out it'll yeah. be like what a juice up of this thing like when they added the fire effects right. to big thunder It'll be really exciting. Uh, everyone will be, and then it'll break in six days, <laughs> and then uh, back to square one. But they'll have hopefully figured out the system to remove it or to fix at that point. Yeah. Although yeah. there'll be another problem they didn't anticipate. <laughs> yeah. Possibly. I, it's hard now, too, to take this down for too long, because anything you can do to draw people away from Avatar. Yeah. Because those, the lines are still it so would be long. Ni- it would be nice if they open up another e-ticket at Animal Kingdom, and then this could go down. Like yes. that would feel good, but I don't think this park honestly is probably my favorite of the four right now hmm. down there. Maybe I gotta get down. Gotta I gotta see it there. with the new stuff and it's go just, on this ride. It's all the things we've talked about. It's like it, it, this park ages the best. It's an original park. Interesting food. It's and interesting drinks. food and drinks. It's just it's the theming obviously off the charts. Doesn't have weird vacant areas right now, which all the other ones do. Right, and even if it like. It does it, it would probably obscure them just because just filled it's with so trees. filled yeah. with trees Beautiful and it fills foliage. And- um, and yeah, so I could see if they ever uh, they hopefully will, but I think, yeah, that maybe in a lot of ways this doesn't need it as much as the other parks. So Everest will probably be open. I don't know, I don't know if there's any refurbishment on the schedule, yeah. Um, probably I- not before the anniversary at least. Uh, you know, we talk. We were talking earlier. Uh, we were recording another show about um personnel on rides. Mm-hmm. Uh, the person doing the Yeti roars, the oh, voice actor, oh. I think is very has very interesting theme park uh, uh roles. Uh, his name is Fred Tataschiore. Tataschiore. I am not sure how to pronounce the last name. His theme park roles though include Space Mountain safety narrator. <laughs> Star Tours, the adventure continues. He's a Gungan pilot. <gasps> and on wow. Guardians of the Galaxy, huh. Mission Breakout, he's Baby Groot. Really? Yeah. Oh. Wow. So, wow. Uh, and so then Vin he, Diesel is not Baby Groot. Apparently not. He's the only one that didn't do the voice? I guess. This says... Because I, I think they all are doing the voices. Or obviously, I thought so. I mean, not the they all. Obviously, are, the actors are yeah, doing their so. own voices. It's not a different voice um, in their body. But yeah, that was the credit. He also has a lot of you know video game and animation That's roles too. Cool but. dude. Why can't I picture the Space Mountain? What are the Space Mountain safety? Is he like the guy, the, the the talking head? Because there's a guy in like the there's a guy Space in the Mountain. Queue. Yeah, cute. But I don't know if that meant Space Mountain in Florida or right. Anaheim, and I can't really remember Florida's. Like Space Mountain is a well, whatever. When he's explaining it in the video, I wonder. Yeah, I'm gonna look that up. What's oh, that guy who's roaring a lot? <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, the roaring man. Uh-huh. Uh, I like a quick thing I, we didn't kind of mention is I like uh, much like on Splash Mountain, there's kind of a fake out in the ride where it goes up and then you see the the train shoot out of it. So if you were just looking at the ride, kind of like Splash Mountain where 
if you've never been on it before, you don't know the geography. So you might assume that that car is going in and then pops right out the side. Oh, I see. Um, in the, in the same way that I think Splash Mountain, and I don't know if this to be a fact actually, is that once you go up and around, you see the first drop. And I would imagine if you've been on it, you've never been on it before, you might think that's the drop. Oh, sure. If you were yeah. all discombobulated, yeah. And, and other being that other flume rides are just you go up and then you come down. Right. So, so hiding all of the, the stuff inside. Yeah. And it's the same thing here where it's like all the stuff is hidden. And I think yeah. that's kind of on purpose. I think it's for sure on purpose because they mentioned in that special. But yeah, you would if you looked at it, you'd be like, OK, I see. I go up. I come out that thing, go around the side. And that seems to be and it. But the it. whole but no, fun stuff whole, is inside. You actually, they pointed out, you spiral up that big, to get to that lift hill, you kind of curve up the yes. mountain. Usually you spiral down on coasters. Hmm. Um, so yeah, both that and Splash Mountain like really hide what's inside, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, the other thing I found out, I thought there was some sea reference. We, I, I'm obsessed with Disney Society of Explorers and Adventurers. I don't think there's any sea references in this line. I think this was sort of before oh, yeah. they were going whole hog with the C. Or references. they were trying to, you know, focus on the authenticity of the reality. Sure. Yeah. Um, so let's add some C. Let's bring it into this. the universe, make it related to, so that it, it is part of the same Adventures Club and High Tower. Yeah. Uh, e, uh, e Everest. <laughs> uh, what, what would his last well, name no, be? Well, no, it would be the Yeti. <laughs> The, oh, the, the Yeti, Yeti is a member the of Yeti's C? like the Hulk. He doesn't come out that often, but oh, when they need... Oh, wow. Uh, That's a, a whole new the element to or see that there's the, monsters. It's monsters Bob and... Um, what was the other? Norbu. It's oh, I'd Norbu rather have Bob. Yeti than Norbu. Yeah, Bob yeah. and Norbu does not belong in the Adventures car in C. No. <laughs> I heard a rumor that the new Soren in Tokyo will introduce a new member of C. Oh. So how about that for a rumor? Soren will have a, have more of a story, more of a backstory now. Yeah, because it's different places, and, and that a, a, a man named Patrick is taking you on a plane ride. Pat, this, Patrick A. Soren. <laughs> what if? What if it's just the emperor? What if, of Japan? Yeah, it's the emperor of Japan. What if we tie it together with the emperor's kiss? Vi, oh, you're vi fake. Uh, another one attraction. of your most popular <laughs> jokes popular from joke. the podcast. All right, I feel like you're not being a hundred percent sincere with you. <laughs> no, no, I am being a hundred percent sincere. Uh, yeah, the, I think we'll tie it into the emperor's kiss yeah. if we were doing it. But is the yeah, emperor yeah. in Society of Explorers and Adventures? Uh, like the no, not necessarily. Be no, I think that's a conflict of interest. Yeah, I think there should be a different club that he should be a part of. Another Disney shared universe club. Heads of state. Heads of Him, state. Teddy Roosevelt, Trump. Lincoln, Trump. All of the Hall of Presidents and the Emperor, and then who else is a president type in the parks? I don't know. Not off the top well, of my Mayor head. Mayor Jason. Mayor Jason, Mayor Jason oh. the the princesses of Arendelle. Um, oh, yeah. Yes, I think that's. Yeah. Right. I guess all of the princesses do have like jurisdiction. And they're all heads of state in a way, right? And they've all been. They all know each other because we've seen it in canon and the Wreck It Ralph movie. Mm-hmm. So just yeah. throw the well, other. Well, they characters. all know each other online, but not maybe well, not okay, in, right. in real. They're life. like Twitter friends. 
Yeah, like, those are all credit. their avatars. Princess Vanellope did institute uh, Medicare for all for the Candy Crush Kingdom. <laughs> so <laughs> she's done great things. I mean, everyone oh, needs yeah. it. They're all eating so much sugar. She's yeah. kind of the AOC of... Uh, Very much so. <laughs> of the internet. That's a good way to think about it. <laughs> um, well, what else? I don't, I don't know. Um, it's just so good. The ride is good. We're talking about it. I'm like, I want to go really on good it right and now. The, you know, obviously the plus up is have the Yeti's dick swinging around. Yeah. That's the plus up they can do. You talk about separate mechanisms it's uh you know you could attach that it could be totally disconnected uh circa zong is the name of the mythical village that you are visiting uh in the ride uh, yeah the actual location if you type expedition everest into google the first result is a google maps uh like summary image and it lists the expedition everest location as asia col uh comma oh, oh. kissimmee comma florida yes i saw that too that was fun yeah oh neat uh, does it say like Kilimanjaro or something too? Or am I thinking of something? No, different? I don't think so. But it's no. But it's it's uh, adjacent to Rafiki's Planet Watch train, which recently closed. So I think it might open again though. Oh really? Yeah, that's oh, a rumor. Okay. another rumor. That's a thing about Animal Kingdom. It is in like the southwest corner of the property and can feel far away, but it's like pretty close to like one or two of the hotels yeah, and Blizzard not... Beach. But from the Magic Kingdom area, it feels far away. Yes, that's true from there. But yeah, it's if depending on what hotel you're at, it's not crazy out of the way. Also, if you go like two blocks away from Animal Kingdom, you hit like strip mall. You hit like Papa John's and like a Publix. <laughs> Well, and really close to that, and Margaritaville, mm. the, like the Margaritaville the village, village. Oh, is yeah. very is pretty close to Animal. To, oh, it's on that. So I thought yeah. it was closer to like. Um, I think it is the other. Well, oh, okay. well, when we go on it, maybe this year, all together, maybe uh, we'll look for them if we can see the Margarita Village from the lift hill. Mm-hmm. So I'll do my normal look, but we'll look for those water slides and the gas station directly beneath yep. the water slides. <laughs> and uh, yeah, all the beautiful houses. And so stuff. the real plus up we're looking for, it's really up to the geography of Florida to give us this. But we want to mm-hmm. be able to see some mediocre water slides. Yes. From this ride. Yes. That's and until then, for. it won't truly be the experience we're looking for. Right. And hopefully it's not exactly in front of us in front of like on the other side of the mountain. Mm hmm. But we'll see. Well, this will be an exciting thing to see when we're there. Mm-hmm. If we're there, if we go, mm-hmm. uh, it's possible. Yeah, I'd like to. Yeah. Um, well, we got expeditions ahead of us. <laughs> uh, this we do. It's a hell. This this was this is a very fun ride. And I hey, I just. The plus up I want is to go on it. I'm really mad I haven't been You're on it. You're in for a it. treat. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been fun to talk about it uh, regardless, though I, my opinions hold no weight other than the uh, pictures look very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, very nice. And uh, you survived podcast The Ride. Thank you for joining us. Um, hey, check us out on Twitter and uh, Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to the Patreon at uh, the second gate at patreon.com slash podcast the ride. Any other specific... Uh, Commands mm, I don't these days. If you if you oddly have a back catalog of Mansers, mm-hmm. um, do not scour through every episode it, and tr- try to find Mike Carlson at a bar. Yeah, I mean, I could tell you what the segment is, but I won't. Maybe one of these days I'll clue. tell you. Mm. Um, but it is. I will say that my parents. I didn't tell them I did it, and then one night at like <laughs> eleven or midnight. My dad woke my mom up because he was just watching TV in bed. And he said, hey, uh, look who's on TV. And then it was the embarrassing segment. 
Oh, come uh, on. What are you doing in it? What did your dad see you do? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, what's interesting now, I wonder if anybody like at the end of the podcast kind of like stops when they go, okay, wrapping up podcast, the ride, Patreon. This is they, for the real heads. They turn right. This they turn the, the podcast real. off. Mm-hmm. So it's possible right now. People might have flipped the it. audience is out. Oh, they're just going to plug their shit. But right. we're, we're getting a big revelation, a big so twist a big, right at the a end. A big twist at the end. So um, I didn't, I don't, my memory is that I didn't remember what it was before. I knew the pooping penis thing before, but my memory is just sort of like, there's a couple different segments you can come down and do it. Uh, do any? Well, we'll see on the day. It's uh, very mm. casual, and this is the first thing I'd ever been in professionally. I went there. I knew. I'm like, oh, it's a TV show. They'll have hair and makeup and stuff. And no, they won't have that. Uh, <laughs> I got there. I was wearing like a shitty American Apparel green T-shirt. That's what I'm wearing on the show. Mm. No one even took a look at me to see because I remember my hair was a little messed up, and I was like, oh, I'm sure they'll. They have a person to fix all that because this is a TV show. Mm -hmm. Um, And they did not. So I'm sitting in this bar. It was uh, uh, our bar, I believe, which was is gone now. Yeah. Um, Was it our? Whatever. Who doesn't matter? Uh, It was a small, shitty bar before it opened. And I'm sitting just sort of in the booth. There's a couple other UCB guys I know. And my memory is that the director or somebody goes, all right, uh, you up here. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay. And then they walk over here. And then somebody tells me that the answer we're going to be answering today is why should you never get a hand job from a British chick? Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know this though, right? Oh, no, I didn't remember. I oh, knew okay. you were in but one. I, I don't think I... Uh, yeah, you must have told me that. Um, but. Maybe I didn't They all know. have dirty Thames water on their hands. So uh, there's a... Um, an actress, very, like a modely type lady, seems nice, uh, very made up, uh, very perfumed also is my mm. memory of it. And I am not given a script. I'm not told anything ahead of time. If you've I'm never just, seen the show Mansers, most of what people do are bug their eyes out. Yes, there's yeah. a lot of that, a lot of mugging, a lot of that. So and circa boing. 2008 reality TV production, I think it's a little better now, but the budget, but still one thing has not changed, the budgets are cheap. Yeah, so... <laughs> the labor unions are not present. Not present. I mean, it's a reenactment. The lines are blurred. It's hard <laughs> to say what's yeah. going on. It's in that reenactment yeah. zone. So, um, the director just says, all right, so here's what's going to happen. And he's just like, you know, believe it or not, if you're picturing who directs Mansers, that's what he looks like. Believe it, Like, you know, I'm sure... Brett Ratner? Yeah, I was going to go with Ratner, 100% <laughs> this man looked like Brett Ratner. He had a ponytail also, is my memory of it. The, and the kind of weight that is not because you were born stocky, it's weight from <laughs> drink. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it's Jack Daniels exclusively. Uh, so my memories, he goes, okay, uh, so you guys are going to make out for a while here. <laughs> And, like, that wouldn't be comfortable to me. Like, now, uh, <laughs> Jason is showing me a picture of a person we, we know. know. And we won't say who it is, mugging for a Mansers bit. Hmm. Uh, so, 
I wouldn't be like super comfortable with that now, but I've been on a lot of sets and uh, that sounds like I'm bragging, but like I've been, whatever, it would be a little bit, but I'm fresh. I'm 22 years old, 23 years old. You don't old. know that Screen know Actors Guild has certain regulations for like well, things stuff, like that. I, whatever. You're supposed to like give people a heads up or something of what they're going to be doing. Is that okay? You ask them, is that okay? Or whatever. Oh yeah. The, the whole yeah. thing is making out. Yeah. There should well, at least, yeah, that you should have, be in the email. It should have been in the email. It should have been before. It should have been some warning of some mm. kind even just a like a pa walking just over to hey say, we you need mind? you to make out in a scene and it is with a human woman not with mini mouse because yeah. <laughs> many i would have been fine with it was was a woman i was comfortable with sure but uh so so my i'm trying to remember exactly because 10 more than almost 10 years ago um so and you tried to black it out yeah, it was. All, I was. All I felt traumatized after service of erasing this memory. So my memory of it is that the woman who was kind of not next to me at this point, kind of on the other side of whatever the bar area, um, like walked somewhere, and then I saw a person come up to the director on the set, and he goes, "What? She she has to make out with him." She, she's an actress. She has to make out with him. That's what she's here to do. And like, they're like having this conversation and I'm just like standing five feet away from this. I'm like, this isn't a thing I'm supposed to hear. Like, obviously she was like, I don't want to make out with this fucking loser weirdo. Like if it was you, you were the problem. Well, obviously the, Give problem, me a stud. the problem was the situation. I'm just saying <laughs> she probably was like, I didn't know what the, what do we do? I don't want to do that. I'm getting $120. So, He's so frustrated. He goes, well, and then he just like throws up his arms and he or the other woman, maybe both of them leave for a while. And I'm just standing like under the shitty lights with the camera people just like, so I don't know what I'm like, what? Like, well, get me. I don't want to do this. Like, I know this is a big mistake. I don't want to have to like now somebody who doesn't I don't want to do this either. But this person is like saying she's not going to do it and maybe she has the right idea because you're just like this fuck this thing she, she's talked into it so now you have yeah to, right like, exactly oh this will be great somebody tried to leave now we get right. to uh, make out on camera so all that happens is she comes back on set and then he goes all right all right we're ready to go <laughs> and i was like what there's no like is it okay is she gonna do what is gonna happen so there's i swear there's no talk. There's no rehearsal. He just goes, okay, so here we go. She's going to be like kissing. You guys are going to be like kissing. And then uh, what's going to happen is she's going to like mime taking off. No, she's going to take off your belt. And then like she's going to like put her hand. It's going to be out of frame. She's going to put her hand like down there. And then you're going to smell shit on her hands. Uh. Because the answer to the mancer of why you should never get a hand job from a British chick is that British chicks have poop on their hands. All of them? What? Mary More Poppins? So- <laughs> yes, especially Mary Poppins. Uh, she's got shit in that purse. She's got shit when in the she's purse. she's reaching in, what do you think's happening? So, the, yeah. The, this so, is... <laughs> so, Trump is uh, our punishment for this. For, for all of culture for the, and the, yeah. the cocky chickens, empire we all lived in. Chickens coming home to roost. Uh, uh, yeah, so... So yeah, the answer. I guess the 
this was based on some serve like survey they took where like there was more fecal matter on British ladies' hand. I don't know. They did an unrelated is- survey of British women and all the all the survey slips came back covered in shit. <laughs> hmm, maybe this is something to investigate. Next time we do a survey in England soaked in shit. Now Just I wanna know soaked in shit. Because it seems like two directors directed most okay, of the Okay, we're Manser's not going to that. I'm not going to say their names. <laughs> no. You can look it up. I want to know if it was the director who went on to work on House Hunters International episodes or the director who went on to direct something called American Guns. <laughs> Well, uh, in, in, there could be some a good movie or something called American Gun. No, a it's a television inherently... show about guns. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we'll see. Maybe those aren't selling the people. them. Maybe to those children. aren't the people. Welcome Seemingly. to American Guns. So this one's five hundred bucks. This one's wants cool it. as hell. Uh, so what happens is there's no like we don't talk it over what we're gonna do. There's no time to talk it over. She just appears back on set. The director goes, "Okay, let's roll. Let's do this." And I'm I'm just so freaked out because I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I'm supposed no, to- that's not a healthy environment. That's not a safe. But any of no. any sets where someone feels unsafe, so, that's bad. So I freeze up, uh, and the woman comes in because like at first she was also the whole a lot of the these great scenes and skits would be a very like nebbishy nerdy guy mm-hmm. and like a hot shit, like a beer commercial lady or something. And that was this instance. So it was like, she's going to be like the aggressor. So I, th- I swear we did maybe two takes. It might've been one take. Mm. She like walks up to me very half-assedly, like puts her hands on my chest and pushes me into the wall a little bit. And then just puts her head by my neck and just kind of goes up and down. Yeah. Okay. Uh, That's like how you that. fake it. That's how you cheat it. Like, well, sure it is, but I didn't know. I also am like, this doesn't, this looks can't weird. Look it can't now. look real, but I'm still trying to be like, Oh, I like this. my face. Like I like this, but this also, again, I want to stress that this all happened within minutes. Mm-hmm. So I haven't had a chance to recalibrate. I'm also very young and scared or whatever. So she's like, her forehead's like hitting my neck or whatever. And I'm like, uh, and I'm like, this must be terrible. And then she like does the belt. And then I have to be like, like I have to make like a terrible face. And I, now that I think about it, I think we did it twice. Mm -hmm. And it just, I sat down and I was like, Oh my God. Like it just felt, I had, I felt violated. I felt like really fucked up about it. Uh, Cause it was just so weird. Like it was just, you felt like loss of control. Obviously nothing really bad happened to me. It was just such a mind fuck of an experience mm-hmm. that a very t- extremely tense set. Yeah. Yeah. So like I sat down, I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> and then, uh, a person we know was there and he's like, Hey, how was that? <laughs> like that? It's pretty like, fun, huh? And at first I thought the person who said that was like sympathizing with me. Years later, I realized he was like, oh, pretty good, huh? <laughs> well, <laughs> well. Hmm. And I won't say who that is either. Jason. You will when we stop recording. <laughs> I sure will. Uh, but <laughs> then, to bring it back around, you're trying to bury this from your memory and from anyone knowing about it. Yeah. But your dad sees it. So years later. Huh. Yeah, I don't even this, tell was, them. This, they re-ran this show. Yeah, and for that years. That was the thing. I, the, I wanted to, 
do it. And and uh, strangely now, I, I I realize this would have been terrible to do. Uh, uh, but I, but by the time I I probably watched well, it in 2010, watching three years old episodes of Mansers. Were you going to spring it on me in an in a specific way, like an, on a podcast or something, or you just wanted to see it? When you uh, were looking for it, I don't. I just wanted to see. I yeah. know there was no sneak attack. Well, you I just. Search- uh, I've seen it because we know other people who've right. been on it, and I've like I've. I've oh shit! That's so and so. Jason's um, gonna look it up again. I think I've searched in the last year or two, and it used to be able to like you could see it on the Spike TV website. Because mm-hmm. the big thing that you need to know, but that I needed to know at the time was this is non-union, and there's no uh, thing that says they can't run it forever. Hmm. So oh, that's so cool. So you're getting taken advantage of. Yes. It's a tent set mm-hmm. where you're being barked at and made to mate out with strangers without asking if it's okay. Right. Or even a time, <laughs> just a minute to talk. Go like, oh, Any hey, pre- sorry, preparation or rehearsal, or, yeah. uh, anything. No, nothing. Um, but you're, so, but this is on TV and it's on TV. So yeah, a couple of years in, because I think I, I'm, I'm trying to don't remember the, even the year It might've been 2009. It might've been 10 years ago. But yeah, I think like in 2011 or something, my mom called me and was like, I was sleeping in bed. Your dad was watching TV and he woke me up. He goes, hey, look who's on TV. <laughs> and I think my mom just did one like a very mom thing of like, it was interesting or it was okay. And like, and didn't say what it was. And I was like, oh my God. Because I was hoping they'd never seen it. Uh, they hadn't seen it because, you know, I didn't say anything about it. And it's really two minutes or something. Have you found it? Well, I haven't found the video, but I found that they were talking about it on the Bungie message boards, the software company, and also the uh, <laughs> hol- the a website I've heard about before, bodybuilding.com, was oh. also talking about this. Yeah, episode. that's a, we- a source of some that. very yeah. odd internet uh, paraphernalia. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure so. it'll be like repackaged somewhere. Okay, great. All the mansers, <laughs> and that'll show up on a streaming service uh, Oh, somewhere. that'll be a big de- Well, uh, hopefully Disney Plus. Uh, uh, there'll be <laughs> Some merger will occur. Uh-huh. Where, um, oh my God! Well, if you stuck well, around, if you stick around past the stick, credits, you really got a nice treat here. Wow! Today. What mm-hmm. an epilogue to this episode about a very nice. <laughs> wow! I'd also like to say that the Yeti Museum was curated by Professor Pima Dorji. Uh, just to get us back on track. <laughs> okay, and now mm. we can say. You've survived Five podcast, podcast the, the ride. ride expedition Everest edition and only <laughs> expedition uh, <laughs> nothing else weird on no, this episode. No, yeah, no bizarre upsetting confessions occurred. No. I liked that. That was like a little Andy Cohen after show. Yeah, we got into some some salacious stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, now that you're loosened up, <laughs> I would love it if we all took turns being the bartender on Watch What Happens Live. <laughs> if, <laughs> if this show got us to be like, you know. Well, maybe we'll be like, we could be on the network with Andy Cohen and we'll follow him. <laughs> we'll do a show. We'll do a theme park. Oh, like we'll a, do a show. Version of his show, but it's all theme parks. Hey, Jax. What do you, Jax from Vanderpump. What do you think of uh, <laughs> Dumbo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which hey, which row we talking in uh, uh, in Credit Coaster? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Are you a fifth row guy or more yeah. of an eight? <laughs> um, that sounds like a good piece of television right yeah it'll, yeah. it'll be interesting uh, <laughs> uh i'll say that um all right hey now we've done it hey i already said all the stuff you know yeah. what to do yeah. uh uh all right hey if you have any uh, uh questions we'll try to give you answers uh <laughs> on, uh, on our twitter it is up uh all right folks talk to you next time goodbye goodbye forever dog this has been a forever dog production executive produced by mike carlson Jason Sheridan, 
Scott Gardner, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.